I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Welcome to Roast Mortem. It's the show that puts oral in historical. I really don't like that, Travis. We're going to change it. My name is Tom. I'm Travis. I'll be your historian. Tonight, we have a special guest. Well, firstly, I got to say, Mike is dead, and so is Connor, so they won't be joining us. But it doesn't matter, because we have cartoonist extraordinaire, Zach of Yolo Swag Studio, the studio of the future. What's up, Zach? Bro, what is up? Happy to be here. I'm very excited. Dude, it's funny you say the other two guys died because I was like trying to do research. Like, what are these guys about? And I saw it was four dudes. So I was like expecting me to be like that picture of the chick on the couch and then the four like buff guys behind her. I was expecting <laughs> it to be a little bit like that, but I, I can handle two men. I can handle that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, Excellent. I, I would hate to just totally run up on you with uh, way too many. You know what I'm nah, saying? Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I mean, Tom, are we planning to, um, Mike's funeral? Is it going to be like a Viking pyre, but he's just on a skateboard? <laughs> and we just like throw some, I don't know, matches on him? Yeah, we'll just put some pit vipers all yeah. on his body. Send him Bro, off those for are so fresh. I'm so... Those, you, those are the glasses, right? Dude, they sent us a whole bunch of glasses. No way, dude. <laughs> yeah. For real? Yeah. Dude, they look so fresh. I, I love those. They're the best, man. The best. Are you, are you guys sponsored? No, they just like the show. Oh, oh. dude, yeah. that's so fucking sick, though. <laughs> you got to get that Pit Viper sponsorship. We reached out to them, and they said they they don't endorse podcast, but they like the show. That's all you need to do. Dude, that's fucking dope. Yeah, and they protect your eyes from, I don't know, bad Oh, bro, you got them all on, dude. Yeah. Those are so fresh, Doug. <laughs> those are so fucking sick. My cousin wears those around, like all the time while like open carry and everyone just looks at us like we're fucking insane. It's the worst ever, but I love it. Yeah, you're just uh, making your mark there. Oh yeah. So speaking of your mark, how was your week, Zach? Uh, not bad. Not bad. I'm, uh, I'm boxing up the last of these uh, card orders. I just did some trading cards. I'm trying to grab some. This is the special uh, Here Comes Big Homo one, holographic. That's if you bought the full deck. But, is that uh, is that an official sick. Yu-Gi-Oh card? Or? No, no, you, uh, YOLO. Yeah, you yeah. can call it Yologio. Yo, but, Yologio, uh, okay. You know, okay. Buy them all, do what you got to do. <laughs> They're fresh. I've had fun with those. This is so autistic. I, I just, but uh, I got like these, I don't know if you guys ever bought baseball cards, but like with the gum in them. Super old. It might be before all of our times, but uh, I got like the wax packages, so it looks like a little booster pack when it's all packed up. I oh, to seal it with a hot iron. It's so fresh. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah very sick, dude. Yeah. So packing those things up, Travis. How's your week going, dude? I don't really have much to report. I went across the street Trader Joe's and bought some uh, some candies called Chinese Dragons. Who's um, the? Uh, the like Swedish fish knockoffs. Yeah, they're like Swedish fish, fish, but it's like it's like eating big red gum. Word. Uh, I don't know if I like that. So, but I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. I was like thinking, you know, uh, Chinese dragons. Maybe this is gonna taste like soy sauce or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> they got you that gingery taste, I guess. 
Yeah. You know, edit in like one of those dun, 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 right there. I can't, man. I just, no. I just, oh, I just can't. <laughs> uh, Tom's trying to get a job in big tech. So, you know, he's, I'm on hot water already with, yeah. uh, bro, I can hook you up with big homo, but I have no big, uh, big tech hookups, unfortunately. Hey, I, I go gay. Why not? Brother. Excellent. <laughs> Tom, what you do? Oh, this week was just research about tonight's character. Uh, so I cried the entire time. I was basically Jordan Peterson all week, just crying, watching Dumbo. And um, that's it. Learning about a man who I love. Very nice. For research, did you wear gloves the entire week? Like while yeah. you were jerking off and shit? Yeah, I did, actually. All How'd right, you know? All right. Well, I don't How know. I just you see know? that glint in your eye. You know, that little like anime glint in your eye. Yeah, make my little steamboat happy. <laughs> yeah. Tugging on that tooth. Yeah, tugging away. Oh, there we go. There we tuggo. Go. All right. Guys, we got a lot to cover, so we'll get right into it. Tonight, we're talking about Walt Disney. You clicked on the thumbnail, you know. Uh, if you need a summary of who Walt Disney is, just shoot yourself. <laughs> you know who he is, okay? He invented America. Yo, he invented Star Wars, dog. Like R2GG. Yeah, we, we wouldn't have The Simpsons today without Walt Disney. Come on. <laughs> anyway, he was a man, okay? He was not just an evil corporation. That's pretty rad. He's a, he's a rad man. Uh, but Tom, like, he was, he was like, fr he's like still around though, right? He's like frozen at the center of uh, Cinderella's castle with a, like a fucking erect it's rock It's powering heart. Disney World. His <laughs> frozen body. The, uh, the power it generates. Yeah, but see, he kept his rock-hard penis frozen, and it's actually a <laughs> coat hook, and it's just disguised as, like, I don't know, like Mickey's finger, and you just, like... That would be put, so fresh. Right? Right? <laughs> oh, that would be sick. <laughs> Honey, hang up your raincoat. Uh, well, do they know? It's Walt Disney's dick sticking out of the wall. <laughs> yeah, the old glory hole at Disney World. Born December 5th, 1901, in Chicago's Hermosa neighborhood. All right. What is that, a Scorpio? What's, uh, what's December? Uh, dude, we don't have the, the house woman. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mike would probably know. Yeah, Mike. But he's dead, Mike, like yeah. Disney. He's the astrologist. Yeah. He, he's, the, he's the only one of us who talks to women. I have a wife, so I don't have to talk to women anymore. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Dude, yeah, that's, that's the move, bro. It's great. It's, it's the best thing. Everyone get married now. Um, his parents were Elias and Flora Disney. He was one of five siblings, three older brothers, and one younger sister named Ruth. Uh, the older ones were Herbert, Raymond, and Roy. Elias, the daddy, he's a hardworking, God-loving, kid-smacking socialist with a sore butt for business. Uh, he had a slew of jobs during his lifetime. He's a contractor, small-time entrepreneur, farmer. He's a nasty guy. He's not a fun man, and uh, he liked to smack his kids a lot, so I like him. Uh, you know, that's that's the spirit of Disney. A good old-fashioned man. Yeah. Also, imagine that must have been, think about the past. This is very historical and, like, amazing. Think about a time where you just walk down the street and someone introduces themselves as Mr. Disney, and, like, that's not a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this yeah, the is name kind of died out. Right. Did he kill everyone named Disney? Like, <laughs> any of like there was a bunch of them, like Smith, and then he killed all the Disneys in the genocide. Dude, that's my goal. I'm gonna be <laughs> fucked when uh, I get famous, bro. I'm gonna have to take down every Smith. It's gonna be the worst <laughs> shit ever, dude. There's just too fucking many. Take him out, man. 
Or Yo, am I incorrect to say? Uh, let me flex my Disney knowledge. But uh, didn't Roy help him uh, in the creation of Mickey, or am I remembering things incorrectly? Uh, he did have help, and Roy was a big part of it, but not with Mickey specifically. Okay. Um, okay. Roy, yeah, Roy's a very important part of the company. Uh, before Elias, his father, and his young wife Flora moved to Chicago, they went through some hard times. You know, frozen crops and uh, general poorness. The couple moved to Chicago basically because Elias' brother was there. Elias' brother was a big shot. I think his name was Robert. In Chicago, Elias worked for as a carpenter and eventually saved up enough money to buy a couple small plots, build two small houses, and flip them. One day, Elias found out about a cop murder in the neighborhood and was like, damn, my kids are going to grow up cop killers if I don't get them out of here. It's probably A-cab, true. Bro. Probably true. A-cab. I mean, look at Chicago. Half of them are in jail. It's crazy. Bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, like Walt Disney's walking around A-cab, bro, hitting people with skateboards and shit. <laughs> so they moved to Marceline, Missouri, buy a farm over there for $3,000. Now, Disney claimed that this time at the farm played an important role in his life and definitely his imagination. I guess this is where he first saw farm animals and started drawing them shits and seeing babbling brooks and whatnot. Sounds nice. Zach, as a cartoonist, do you have, do you ever go outside and like, I don't know, like get dressed by birds and then like decide to draw them uh, or like, I don't know, find a mouse that cooks you French cuisine, like. Dude, I have been a big fan of uh, squirrels lately because the neighbor rescued one, and now they all hang out right outside. But I've been feeding them pumpkin seeds. But uh, I'm, I grew up in Saudi. Like I'm not a country boy, but my family's from like the country, and I felt like a, a really big hick because I was like, I don't know if it's all squirrels, but if you go like, they like come up to you, you can talk to them, and I was like feeding them pumpkin seeds and doing that, and this woman like ran by it was super hot it was like i've never seen this before in my life like i was some crazy ins- i felt like the crazy guy talking to animals but uh did that have anything to do with the question you asked i don't think so well basically you're Actually, the caesar yeah. milan of squirrels there we go yeah, yeah a little bit yeah a little bit i've seen a lot of your comics and flattered. I'm very I, flattered i gotta I'm say I, I would have to assume most of them are based on real life they're also it, they they just <laughs> are earthy. They they grab. Of course, it, yes, know? yes. So of course, <laughs> see a squirrel draws. Marceline was a idyllic agrarian town in many ways: a close knit community, economically stable, perfect little houses. Some members of his extended family used to frequent the farm. Uh, one of his childhood heroes was Walt's retarded uncle Ed, <laughs> who, according to Walt, did whatever he wanted. Ed had the brain of an eight year old. <laughs> He was retarded, and Walt loved that. Hell yeah. Yeah, to be a kid forever. He was the first retard rights activist, technically, (laughs) by being nice to his brother. I think so. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say he isn't. I mean, there's always, Uh, like, a retarded character in most Disney features, right? Kind of. I guess, like, dopey. Mild, and I think more of an allusion to retardation. I don't know if the character's full on. Uh, well, I mean, you got the hunchback. He's just a straight up. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's pretty retarded. He's, he's an Olympic, he's yeah, retarded. Special Olympics of Disney right there. But that oh, was, yeah. that was, Lon Chaney did that first. So, you know, true. Disney, Very come on. true. 
Get Very your, true. You get know, your they need, they, that should have been a role given to a person with special needs. Because Lon Chaney, fuck him, dude. Walt acted in his first play here. He saw his first circus. He met Buffalo Bill. All the fun shit that he needed uh, to create his personality, I guess, and recall later on in life. Yeah, what happened to that shit? It seemed like circuses were fucking everywhere. Now it's like, I feel like there's more freaks around that like circuses should be booming. Things should be going ham right now, but where the fuck are the circuses? You know what? I think it's the word communities has, has ruined everything. Like that term communities, it's the little person's community. It's the persons with, uh, I don't know, uh, contortionist bone problems community. Mm-hmm. And, th- yeah. you know, it's like and it keeps everyone from, from doing fun shit. I think it's when the Swedes came in and they replaced peanuts with circus peanuts, like trying to cheapen everything. You know, like I'm assuming what the hell it was is like a circus peanut. It's like a gummy. I, dude, I don't know. It's like I feel like it just hardened gack from like our yeah. childhood, right? Like, yeah, I never put one in my mouth. I've seen them. Shouldn't they're like? I remember they're like banana flavor or some shit. Kind, they have like kinda? a weird taste. I don't know. Yeah, the naming is weird too because it's like aren't peanuts synonymous with the circus with the circus already yeah. right i don't know call them like racetrack peanuts this is like when subway took the fucking yoga mat shit out of the bread they like completely ruined what they had going i stopped the original eating. peanut exactly i was like dude fuck that yeah one fuck pedophile that. i'll keep eating them yeah you take out the <laughs> mat i'm done dude for, for, he wasn't famous for the pedophile stuff it was that he lost all that weight like you can't take that award away just because he was you know you can't put weight on, on the guy <laughs> at all no god no dude he's so ripped right now probably in jail <laughs> oh for sure they they definitely have to keep him away from people because like oh, yeah. if you're the most well-known pedophile i feel like everyone is gunning to like obliterate you dude rightfully so but like yeah i don't yeah i don't know if his uh sandwich cred is going to be much to uh protect him but yeah, it's we'll a see. hot ticket, man. I mean, if you're getting paid in Subway sandwich gift cards, there's not much for you in the commissary. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I don't even know if they have a Subway. I feel like they don't, yeah. Nah. Anyway, back to Disney. So he's drawn on the farm now. Now he finds his new love of uh, you know drawing rats and dogs and shit. By 1910, Elias' oldest sons, Herbert and Raymond, they ran away from the farm because they were like, fuck it, dad is terrible. Elias also gets sick with uh, typhoid fever. The end of 1910, the Disney sold the farm and moved into an apartment in town. That sucked too, so by 1911, they moved to Kansas City to a small, shitty house and shifted the family income to a giant paper route of 600 houses at 13 papers a week. Pretty much encompassed all of Roy and Walt's childhoods. They went through, they, they, they delivered everything without compensation. So it was kind of like that uh, farmer mentality except we're doing this in an urban way. Powerful. Uh, what were the papers, though? I mean... I don't know. Like newspapers? Yeah, newspapers. Things, oh, okay. I don't know specifically what kind, but... The thing in, like, like, rolling papers. He just was delivering them. <laughs> He's ahead of the game. Yeah. Hey, I'm Mr. I'm Boy Disney. Here's your rolling papers today. <laughs> Reading about this, it, it was pretty grueling. He worked there for six years. And even at the end of his life, he had all these nightmares about his paper route and his dad's psychological warfare on him to make him do this shit. It's no good. Walt and his best friend, Walt Pfeiffer, became entranced by the comedy stylings of Charlie Chaplin. The two Walts would put on their own comedy routines. And uh, Walt was kind of built 
for show business, but he was still into drawing a bit more. We we'll see where this is going. So both of them are just pretending to be funny Hitler. I, Hitler was assume. pretty funny, arguably, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, between him farting all the time and, yeah. Because he was like, vegetarian, right? Yeah, Yeah, he liked Terrible. beans. Terrible. Yeah. He was the first, I feel like, the prototype, based on how his girlfriend looked and acted in the footage reel, prototype e-boy or e-girl podcaster boyfriend. Oh, I yeah. I feel like he like, encompasses that so well. <laughs> Like iDubs kind of character? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm not going to try to change the topic too much, but did you guys listen to the audio? Or what is, what's that gay shit on Twitter where you can talk? What is it called? Spaces? Oh, spaces, I think. Spaces. Yeah. It's so stupid. But uh, did you listen to the one with him and Sam Hyde? Uh, I did. Yeah, I listened to some of it. Dude, and, uh, uh, he sounded so. I can't talk because I know people accuse me of the same thing of me and my girlfriend. But he sounded very neutered, like very, very <laughs> neutered, dude. It was like, oh my god, dude. It was, it was a hard listen, man. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> and someone just fight Sam Hyde already. What the f- dude? I don't know why everyone's like pussyfooting, especially Hassan, dude. Like, I feel like he talks so big. Like, just let them throw some punches. He's never gonna do it, Hassan. He's he's too much of a bitch. Oh yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, let's get back to Disney here. At age fourteen, Elias let Walt take take some art classes at the YMCA. He learned his fundamentals there. Around fifteen, Elias sold the paper route and moved to Chicago to work in a jelly factory that he was heavily invested in. A jelly factory. Oh yeah, the Ozell Jelly Factory. Walt Dude, stayed that- in Kansas City for the summer and lived with his brother Herbert. After the summer, Walt moved to Chicago to attend high school, where he became the cartoonist in a uh, the school paper. It's great. Do they call him Jelly Man? Because like I want to be a Jelly Boy. Like that's like when I grow up, I'm thirty four, gonna be thirty four. But when I grow up, I want to work in a jelly factory, pretty much. That's fresh as hell. Yeah. yeah what? The, yeah. I've never even heard of a jelly factory. You know, it's- dude. I feel like most uh, great. Most powerful artists. No, a lot of like the good cartoonists I hear about, they always did the shitty school paper thing. That seems to be like a running byline. I, I think it's just wherever you could take it. You know, like you want experience, you do that shit. I never did. Actually, no, I did because we got into production and we did like the video stuff in high school. I guess you're just kind of drawn to that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it ruins your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been a plumber. Really. Yeah, right. I should. Dude, have I feel the same way. Electrician. It, oh yeah. my god, dude. <laughs> Any union job, please. Oh Just god, such a mistake, dude. I majored in communications, bro. That was like so stupid. What even is that? What kind of? I don't are you know, taking? bro. I still don't know. I did it for four years, and I was like, when am I going to learn anything? What Wait, is this? Zach, does that mean that you like legally have to know Morse code? No, I wish. I oh, wish it was man. like that. It's more like I legally have to know how to use the paint bucket on Photoshop, and that's like the extent of what I was fucking taught, dude. It was retarded. So stupid. Careful. <laughs> you might give away the trade secrets of a, of a communicator. <laughs> Let's see. So, yeah, th- actually, the jelly thing is a big thing for the Disney family, because... Elias was investing a shit ton of their income into this jelly factory. It was wild, man. Uh, jelly he, was like the Bitcoin 
of this uh, this time period. Kind of. tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he took evening classes at Chicago Institute of Fine Arts. This kind of uh, made him realize that he wanted to do cartoons because his fine art was a little lacking. Walt's move to Chicago kind of changed him, though. He wasn't this outgoing kid anymore. He was kind of uh, shy around chicks all of a sudden, began nervously grinding his teeth. Uh, He did do a little work at the jelly factory with Dad. Just had to. What do you smell like? What do you smell like after a shift of the jelly factory? I'm just very good, I guess. Right. Well, what type of jelly? Like, they used to have savory jellies back then. You could buy, like, shrimp. Yeah, it's called an aspic. They put, like, seafood and shit in that aspic. jelly. Aspic? Yeah. I know. I've heard about that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, what was also gross is they fucking, I don't know why Jello or why people let Jello get away with it, but they were doing, like, Jello salad. Or yeah. How about you bake a ham in a thing of Jello? Sounds like, good, dude, man. Dude, what the fuck? Yeah, so, like, maybe you might smell like cherry Jello, but, like, at the same time, you could also smell like asparagus or something. And Oh, yeah. yeah. No good. Yeah. No good, bro. Covered in bee stings. <laughs> <laughs> Walt didn't return to school after the summer of 1918. The last year he did was a freshman in high school. That's the extent of his education. He wasn't sure what he was going to do with his life, but he knew he was going to do it. One summer afternoon, walking with his sweetheart, Beatrix, he asked her if he should spend his savings on a film camera or a canoe. She answered canoe, and Walt replied by putting a down payment on a camera. Fuck Beatrix. (laughs) You know, I think she had it right. We don't need any more Star Wars movies. Wait, you want to go in a canoe? I got to make Winnie the Pooh. I got to do shit. Thus begins Walt's first foray into film. Uh, He made a few short little films, and uh, the camera was repossessed shortly after. First one was first one was with uh, Beatrix in in the (laughs) old (laughs) on the old lookout point. Dealing with some Charlie Chaplin esque uh, sex comedy. (laughs) I'd watch that. Hey, there's probably Rule Thirty Four back then too. It was a jackass kind of scenario where he tricks her. Uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go to <laughs> make the old so make out point up there, and he walks up there. Little little Throws silent film just push her. Yeah, pushes her off into the jelly bees <laughs> to the briar. Uh, after some document forgery, he faked his age and enlisted in the Red Cross Ambulance Corps. This is during the Great War. By the time he got to France, though, Armistice Day had come and gone. So Walt worked in the Army newspaper. Stars and Stripes. Just in France? Just like Amelie Du? Yeah, I guess he he was there for about two, no, a year and a half. And he was, uh, they kind of shipped him around. I know they had to, uh, he had to take some mechanics classes and stuff like that because he was with the ambulance corps, but he didn't see any action. He was just around French people. They were like, boy, let me see those hands. They're too shiny. They're like, a, <laughs> like an illustrator. <laughs> Soft. Have you clean up that hands. barbed wire in no man's land? So uh, after his time there, he comes home to realize his dog had died. It's great. Uh, Walt Pfeiffer, his good friend who he had done the entertainment with, he didn't want to do entertainment. Beatrix, who he was writing letters with the whole time, she was getting married to someone else. So he was like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm through with women. I got ideas. Dude, I'm going to draw ducks and mice. (laughs) (laughs) With no pants. Yeah, no pants, dude. We're, we're going to this boy town, dude. No Real pants. men. Real men. 
This is locker room talk right here. <laughs> <laughs> Walt took a chance and lived off his savings to break into the art world. Elias, of course, he's beside himself. He's like, I got you a job at a jelly factory. You going to be a cartoon man? You want to be a jelly man? Come on. So there was a rift in the family, obviously. But he was going to do art. He returned to Kansas City. He's visiting his brother Roy at the bank that he works at. When one of the bank bankers told Walt that his friend's commercial art shop, Pesman Rubin, was in need of an apprentice. Walt dashed back to his apartment, grabbed his drawings, went to the shop, and was hired on the spot. He worked there for about six months, or uh, three months, and then he was fired because it was the uh, holiday season that they hired him for, so just like Best Buy, letting him off. Jelly season. Parents needed him. One unemployed afternoon, a former co-worker from Pesman Rubin named Ub Iwerks, <laughs> another cartoon <laughs> cartoonist who hated his dad, showed up at Herbert's where Walt was staying. Iwerks had also been laid off, and he was sulking pretty hard. Wait, weren't we talking about him? He was the one that like simps for his girlfriend type of thing and buys her fake tits. Oh, that's I Dubs. Ub I Dubs. Great relative. Uh, without any premeditation, Walt comes up with the idea. Let's go into business together. Two of us. Let's go. Let's do this. Iworks wasn't much of a go-getter, but Walt was willing to put the time in to get clients and whatnot. The Iworks Disney Company got some jobs and. Sustained business for a bit, but Walt was encouraged to jump ship for a film slide company full-time in Kansas City. Um, a film slide is like, it's, it's like an old-school old ad. You're basically doing these very basic animations, and uh, it's going between the features at these old 1920s films. Crisp. Right, so it's like, buy nails. You do, yeah. Your country Shit needs like that. you. Like buy three, some nails. <laughs> Three frames of animation that's yeah. like, look at the text moving. And it's like a the nail. GIF, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do that full time, making GIFs full time. <laughs> Unbelievable. The future is bright. Dude, crazy. Iworks, he was unable to sustain any business over there because he's, he's a bitch. We know that about Iworks, okay? So they close down the company and Iworks joins Walt at the ad company. He's about... 18 now, okay, for a little perspective here. So Walt's new obsession was animation. This is his, he, he's seeing animation, he's just like, oh, I could take this real far, we could do this. And he figured since there were so few people doing animation and there was no real experts in the field, he could really thrive at it. In Chicago, the Ozell Jelly Factory went belly up. So Elias and Flora moved back to their old house in Kansas City. Fuck. This is where Elias built a shed that he intended to rent out to someone because he's always looking for a grift, Walt decides, hey, that'll be my new studio. So he rents it out. I don't think he ever paid him, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's your dad. Uh, cartoons, I don't know if you, you guys know this, but cartoons were lame at this time. Very bad. Like, you look at a 1920s cartoon, even people back then were like, eh. <laughs> this is gay dude what is this <laughs> yeah. they, they like the idea there uh, of like the technical stuff but it was just a showmanship of like what they could technically achieve was felix uh previous to disney felix the cat or what i'm trying to think of like ones before him yeah so felix the cat was a fleischer studio fleischer brothers 
cartoon, and he was out a bit before that. Mickey Mouse was kind of res- a response to Felix the Ma- ah, mm-hmm. cat. Cat, cat dog alone in the world. But the Fleischers, they were like the biggest animators at this time. They were the ones getting the ball rolling. Why is Betty Boop's head so big? Is that like supposed to be racial? Yeah, everyone says she's so sexy, and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I'm supposed to drag off to this? Right. What is this? Come on. <laughs> Not that hot. Yeah. She looks like one of she looks like a like a like a peg that you you know when you go to like friendlies or some shit and they have, they have that that thing that you like a you golf peg game you're getting pegged yeah. right just yeah. Was, yeah I don't know there's probably a lot of Pee Wee Hermans back then Paul Rubens in the theaters going oh <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh Betty oh Betty Boop hey put that pecker away <laughs> <laughs> you guys said I could have it out I was told specifically. <laughs> why we're here dude i love those double d heads oh bro with the help of one of his colleagues walt created his first animated film it's called the little artist he then created the series called the laughograms for the kansas city theater owner named newman i don't know why i wrote it like that seinfeld reference yeah Newman. Yeah, imagine that caps. there's a guy who's like give me the cartoons jerry <laughs> It was a bad impression, by the way, and I'm very proud of it. Uh, Walt closed a deal on the series without doing much real math and realized that the deal just covered costs. So Walt didn't make any money on this, but he had to deliver this shit. Didn't matter. He liked the attention. He liked the laughs. Walt Walt started hustling pretty hard, hiring interns, drumming up more business, all the good businessman shit. So he's just doing ads at this point. He's just an ad man. Yeah, laughograms were just outside of. They were barely not ads. Okay, it's like it. They were like the caveman bits from Geico without the bump of Geico at the end. Right. Okay. All right. Laughogram was sinking financially. They took a few bad contracts. Wouldn't pay. Most of the animators actually worked for free because they saw potential in it. Walt is now poor as hell, sleeping in the office. He ate beans from a can for a month, which was probably normal back then uh laughogram did go bankrupt and after a few de- desperate attempts to break distribution walt called it quits on that one so now he was eating beans out of a can under a bridge and that's yes. when it's bad right you know that's when you're and you got your one big toe is sticking out through your <laughs> one of your toe your shoes in the front you know yeah i was watching all this dizzy shit and i realized they're always wearing gloves and the socks and the gloves they always have like holes in them every single one of them this is when he's relating back to the time he had to eat beans out of a can. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, take care of our past, if you will. Yeah, got to keep your... When you're eating beans, you got to keep your hands clean. But you got to keep your toe... <laughs> you have to give one toe the ability to breathe so you don't <laughs> overeat oh, yeah. one toe from eating the beans. Safety. Safety is number one here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whenever you get a can, you're supposed to check it like a harness. Like you're going, oh, there's my toe. It's out. So Walt is like He's like I'm in Kansas City This is wrong This is stupid Kansas City is not Where you make anything So he packs his bags Goes to Hollywood He's like I'm gonna do this here Right So Hollywood at the time Was still a little bit like Beta Well this is 1923 This is a decade after Birth of a Nation So Hollywood's established With studios There's studios everywhere 
Okay. All right. Uh, Louis B. Mayer's in. Wasn't Birth of the Nations the Hitler one, right? No, it's uh, it's funnier because it's about the KKK. Yeah. Oh, and what's the Hitler one I'm thinking of? Is that Triumph of Will? Triumph of yeah. Will. I hate – we had to watch that in history class and it's like, why did the fucking Krauts get off to this? It's just like four wide shots of Hitler driving in a car. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Even if I was like a huge Nazi, I would be like – it would be like you're a fucking Marvel fan. You go watch the Avengers and nothing happens. Dude, but you saw <laughs> what like, what the fuck? You saw what happened when the Cybertruck came out and fucking everyone's like, Elon, bro, look at Oh my That's god, true. it's so yeah, fucking you're right. square. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's a good analogy, actually. Yeah, you know, not not that Elon Musk is Hitler, but No, he, but like if he had the opportunity, yeah. maybe he'd take it. Dude, he better he better bring Trump's Twitter account back, or I'm gonna fucking flip out, dude. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people went to go see JFK that one time in but Dallas, so you know, that's true. Dude, they should do a, an extended universe or whatever of all these like big political. You have like Hitler fighting JFK. Maybe he has to go back in the future and like rescue him from getting shot. I'd watch the fuck out of this. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be like extremely nuanced using the characters and painting them in the most human way possible so people are torn emotionally. Like, oh, yeah. let us get invested into Mao Zedong. Let us think that he's a good guy for just a oh, bit. Oh, yeah. And then a dark, gritty kind of. Yeah. yeah, just like dark, gritty, but wearing overalls. Hitler's actually <laughs> Jewish in this one, which yeah. makes it even more like. He's, fighting, he's killing his own people. What's going on? Oh. You know? Could you imagine if he was like that close? Like he, he, he had some percentage of Jew in him, right? Apparently. Yeah. But then uh, you say that and then like 20 Pepe, got, Pepe guys are like, this was a lie told by Jews. <laughs> the Jews made that up that he was Jewish. You he also all- didn't have just one testicle. He had four. He had more than he needed. <laughs> It's like, okay, all right, I don't know. Do like a, a bit where you have like Hitler kind of doing, uh, like sitting Shiva or something like that. And like, <laughs> oh, the Nazis like outside, like, Hitler, we're, we're ready for the rally. And he's just like, I'll be right out. But look, I don't know. Like, he's just like rushing his little Jewish. Oh, yeah. Uh, tradi- oh, that would be fun. Oh, dude, I, it's like the, the, the 90s uh, comedy shows where the guy has to be at two places at once and keep changing outfits and yes. uh, uh, you know he shows up to the Shiva in full Nazi gear and he's like oh, oops you know? <laughs> I can totally see that the double the mustache is fake you know he'd take it off and he'd be a rabbi yeah, yeah. Just, just paste it on the sides of his head yeah it just moves it's like the woolly fucking yeah. magnetic thing yeah <laughs> yeah, maybe work this out. Maybe we'll stay on after the line and you know start drawing up some ideas. Move over Hollywood. I'm in. I'm We're in, coming, baby. but uh, not before Walt Disney here. Let's get into him. So his brother Roy is out there, right? He's doing business, so he's got a support system already. While searching for work in L.A., he receives word from an animated film distributor, Margaret J. Winkler, in response to a pitch he had sent loads of distributors of this film he had been working on, Alice in Wonderland. It's a live-action short with animated elements. It's not the one you guys are thinking of. Um, Inspired by Max and Dave Fleischer's Out of the Inkwell. That's a cool one. That's where they started um, like animating on film. Mm -hmm. You can Google Out of the Inkwell check it out so like, like animation they basically copied space jam yeah kind exactly of. okay okay yeah. cool. exactly cool. it's harsh truth when she did finally get to screen the films she ordered a dozen of them uh the first six for 1500 and the next six 
for 1800 His older brother Roy stepped in as Walt's manager and wrangled up loans from family and friends to cover the cost of production. Up until now, Walt had no interesting ladies. You know, he had been duped once by Beatrix. He just liked goofing around with the boys and growing mustaches, okay? But when your studio starts growing, you start getting secretaries in. Oh, okay. baby. All right, all right. Ooh. Christina Hendrix's. Oh, brother. <laughs> Plus, this is back in the good old days when you can record your female employees pooping, okay? <laughs> it's not a big faux pas like it is today. It's yeah. bullshit. Well, just like cartoons, if they saw the, the equipment, they would just be enamored. They go, is <laughs> that camera? Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Good enough for a poop. These up close. Oh. You're filming me. Just going to pinch a loaf right over that camera. <laughs> <laughs> so Lillian Mary Bounds, secretary at his company. They dated for a year, and they decided to get married. They were a great match because Walt was pretty outgoing around people he was close to, and he was controlling. And Lillian, she was quite the pushover, and she was also a woman. So it worked for Walt. <laughs> the one factor he, he required goes a long way yeah Ooh. i'm team bus baby <laughs> winkler's distribution company was under control of winkler's husband charles mintz now mintz was a jerk and uh disney was getting real cocky so the two butt heads endlessly disney started to change mannerisms he becomes kind of a jerk to his employees harassing and abusing them under the pressure of the crumbling company and uh, under Mintz's kind of shitty attitude, always sending him these contracts, trying to jip him on stuff. So, I don't know, just made Disney all crotchety, starts firing. He's becoming red-pilled. Oh, hard. This is Disney's red pill. yes. <laughs> yeah. It comes on early, and uh, it stays. It stays for sure. <laughs> After 56 episodes of Alice in Wonderland, Disney lost his contract for the series. What the hell is that right here? God so, damn it. So we talking about, so with Alice <laughs> in Wonderland, are we talking about when the movie actually comes out that's like Deadwood? We're like, we just canceled the fucking show, and now we're going to do a movie 12 years later. No, nah, it was like a totally different concept. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the original was just like he'd film this blonde girl walking in front of a screen, and they would animate like an owl or a cat. And everyone Whoa. would go like, wow, that's pretty sick, dude. Yeah. So it's uh, different. So look, they start pitching ideas around. Uh, Walt does, starts pitching ideas around to compete with Universal. Not to compete with Universal, to work with Universal, to compete with Felix the Cat. iWorks and Disney come up with this Oswald the Lucky Rabbit character. My favorite, bro. Classic. I love Oswald. I saw some weird shit while researching this that they just got the rights back. They just got it back, and uh, in order to get them back, they had to trade a newscaster who probably wanted to kill himself after being traded for a cartoon rabbit. I would assume, <laughs> but I don't know. That would just suck ass, bro. Also, what uh, – it's weird too because I think at a point a, a denim company owned him, or maybe they just paid a – have the rights to him but you know lucky jeans yeah oswald is like their mascot on like a lot of their jeans oswald's there t-shirts oh Um, that might just be a licensing agreement i don't know but it's been for like years and years so maybe but i'm I'm assuming post after this trade they probably don't do it but i know they were like heavily connected there i don't know why right that was kind of like we're like sony owned spider-man and then fucking marvel kicked off like yo we got spider-man still you idiots yeah yeah like 
Dude, that shit's so, so infuriating, dude. I heard, uh, I don't even care about that shit, but I heard the whole Andrew Garfield movies were born directly out of Sony was about to lose their contract unless they made another Spider-Man movie, which is why they like whipped that all together really fast. But oh, great. I, don't I don't know about, about enough about that shit. Yeah, I could buy that. I mean, the timeline was really weird. Uh, it was too close. It was so soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like so soon after. Yeah, like anyone who saw that movie, like I, you have to have like amnesia to be like, I, yeah. <laughs> I need to go see this now. I don't know, strange stuff. But either way, they just got it back recently, and I saw people congratulating Disney as if they don't own half of the planet. Yeah, for Dude. real. Also, what have they done with Oswald? <laughs> They've done nothing. Fucking no. Oh, it, there was that really cool video game that was a letdown. Epic Mickey. Where he has to like oh, it was I, like a Warren Spector type thing, but uh, I think they like face off or whatever. Oh shit, dude! Uh, we have what they're congratulating like, oh yeah, you bought that. It's like you also own like seven African countries. Like now they're like <laughs> Disney <laughs> countries, bro. <laughs> Disney they probably own African children. Oh yeah, they're yeah. The ones probably animating right now, yeah, bro. Dude, they put on those white gloves and like get down in the mines. <laughs> Uh, there is a Wikipedia page for Disney assets, and it's outside of the properties, it, like intellectual properties. It's just the the companies they own. It's fucking insane. It really they they bad dragon. No, they have like they're all Ooh. in all these financial institutions, construction institutions. It doesn't stop with like characters on screen. It's very strange. It's so weird when a company gets so much money, it seems like they all turn to uh, property management. Not property management, but just buying up as much fucking property as they yeah. can. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is smart, but I feel like it sucks for everyone else. Well, we'll get into it later, but there's like there was actually good reason that Disney got into that shit. Um, mm -hmm. But upon distribution, Oswald the Rabbit was extremely well-received, probably because Oswald had a bit of that horniness in him. It's kind of... Uh, the edge on these um he's kind of like the precursor to bugs bunny over mickey mouse bro we can uh talk about this later too because i keep interrupting every time you're talking about stuff but uh i have a hunch oswald and then to an extent mickey mouse i'm i think walt disney was the first proto furry i feel like these were both of his personas the way they're so horny it was like his idealized version of himself like being like a little sneaky cool guy oh, yeah like, I'm convinced on that. Yeah, shit. he doesn't sound oh, yeah. like he's very suave or cool, and yeah. No, but I feel like that was kind of like right. he was living through Mickey and Oswald. Right. They were like these rapscallion yeah, kind, womanizers. Kind of like those people oh, recently yeah. that raped in the metaverse. Like they're doing it in a different, exactly. a different world. They're continuing yeah. on Disney's legacy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That is the next yeah. Disney, Yeah, I, I think. I, I think you have something to that. <laughs> We'll cover more of that later, <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, bu bu bu. Let's see. So <clears throat> this is the first time Mon Walt has a little bit of money coming in. Uh, he was able to pay himself. He and Roy built homes across the street from each other by the studio. Um, this guy, Charles Mintz, that I had previously mentioned, he somehow ended up middlemanning <clears throat> this contract with Oswald. And... He got sick of working with Walt altogether, so he starts recruiting some of Walt's animators, and he's, like, setting himself up to have Walt removed from the picture. And Walt doesn't know that he's a terrible person to work with. So 
One day he walks into the office and half of his animators are working on a project he doesn't know about for Oswald. And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? Mince, oh yeah, let me tell you, you're out, Walt. Your brain is dumb. And you got to do something <laughs> else now. So now he's back at square one again. He's Did he, he was, he wasn't full creator. He was co-creator of Oswald, right? Or was he um, the full on creator? It, the line's a little blurry between him and Ub Iwerks. How were they? Was it just because it was the old days and everyone was retarded? They were able to just completely boot him out of something he made? Well, it, th these deals are terrible. And Walt has a terrible knack for not reading contracts. Like oh, okay. several okay. times. So it was more this, like a legal type. Right. Thing. I mean, what he yeah. his, okay. his, his most uh, education was a freshman in B Bumblefuck. Yeah, and Roy was, like, pissed at him all the time because he works with him for the rest of his life. And there are times where Walt takes on contracts and doesn't read them. And he ends up having to do stuff at cost or, like, in the case of this contract, I think it's something like they had to do uh, 24 cartoons, maybe 26. That doesn't matter. But after that point, it's up for renegotiation. So Mintz is setting himself up to go, like, from the last one that you have to deliver, I'm taking over. Okay. And uh, yeah, when you're shitty to your employees, it's a lot easier to do. Uh, the renegotiation, he tried, he did try to get it back, but it didn't go anywhere. Um, oh no, this, my rabbit man. Uh. <laughs> so legend has it that he's on a train ride back from New York to LA where the negotiations had taken place. And this is where Walt invents his most iconic character, Mortimer Mouse. On a napkin. On a napkin. Uh, his wife, Lillian, says Mortimer is a terrible name. And uh, here we go. We have Mickey, just the next one that came out. I don't know. There's a lot of tales with how this went over. It doesn't matter. But Mickey was, it, it was still the same design, but it was called Mortimer, right? Yeah. And Ub okay. Iwerks was the one who finalized it. Like all of, all of Walt's drawings were just concept art. It wasn't like, so I it was like it. Matt Groening, who like when he originally drew The Simpsons, it was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah. But then they kind of like fixed it for him, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what that's what Ub was good for because he wasn't like a creative dude. He wasn't a funny dude. Um, he he was also a pushover. So Walt would just be like, "I have ideas, make this better looking." Mm -hmm. So it was a good team. So why is he not wearing a shirt? Right, he doesn't have a shirt on. Right, he just got—he's <laughs> just rocking those overalls, dude. Just in case he has to eat beans, bro. He needs the—he's <laughs> yeah. uh, just prepared yeah. and uh, ready to that go. Extra, Plus, all, extra shine on his chest, so the beans just slide right off. Oh, yeah. and all of his nipples are covered by hair already. Yeah, or the implied hair. So they start brainstorming their next cartoon, which is Plain Crazy. That's the first one that uh, Mickey appears in. It wasn't Great. Steamboat Will? Now we're getting there. Oh. We are definitely getting there. Um, Playing Crazy had a small theater distribution, but people who saw it really liked it, but it didn't go a lot of places because he didn't have anyone to pitch it for him. Um, Honey, you remember seeing that little short about the tiny mouse man? Whoa! Oh boy! Yeah, he could really fly him. He was like the he was like the red red baron up there, the red baron pizza, flying around <laughs> the sky. Wow! The horniness thing that Oswald had 
Mickey had in this first cartoon. Oh man, honey, that mouse was so fucking horny. Should we go make another that child? Horny mouse. Should we go make a sixth <laughs> child at home? Yeah, they hadn't made the wholesome version of Mickey yet. It was kind of like we're gonna pitch this to adults, and you know, he's pinching cheeks, all that good shit. Dude, this is why our birth rates are rapidly dropping. Mickey Mouse is like a fucking gay wad now. He doesn't do shit. He like plays with toy cars. Like, I need my Mickey whipping his dick out. He needs to be fucking mini. He needs to evolve with the times, dog. What we got to do is bring bring Jared Fogle out of retirement, send him to Disney World, and he can show <laughs> off the original Mickey cartoons to there the actors. Go. that They call them actors. They're not people in costumes. You, you guys, I, I have to disagree with both of you guys. Firstly, on the, the Mickey, we have so many horny cartoons now. I think that's- But it's what, not Mickey, dude. Yeah. It's just not the same. Yeah, that, That's a good point. I'll give you that. But we got a lot of WB properties fucking each other. Um, it's You got Family Guy having blow bangs on every single Pornhub app. Yeah, every time I go on a website, I see that. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm clicking the link. I click it for Lois. Yeah, just, Dude, Lois woo. is my baby. Ooh, I wish my name was Peter. <laughs> you should call me that. You won't last for five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend does the uh, oh, Peter thing sometimes. I'm just saying. Yeah. Take your pants off, please. <laughs> Take them off right now. It's time to go. Yes. So look, we got 1927 on our hands now. Al Jolson's The Jazz Singer. The first talkie feature to ever come out. This is changing the world. A man in blackface doing wonderful uh, interpretive singing of jazz. He's bopping around, syncing the sounds. This is audio. Justin Trudeau, you said? Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is okay. his father, Al Jolson. Okay, good, good. Just Google Al Jolson. It's a, it's a good time. It's, uh, okay. yeah. He's like a reverse Michelin man. It's, uh, <laughs> good, good stuff. So... Disney's like, I need to get this sound thing going because no one else is doing this shit, especially in cartoons. And luckily, one of his uh, interns, his mother was a piano teacher and was like, hey, if you use a metronome, you could probably figure out how to do this. And Disney's like, metronome? Sure, let's try it. So a lot of technical stuff, not even going to get into it, but they eventually figure out how to put sound into their first short Steamboat Willie. That's why it's so groundbreaking. What was the Steamboat? Wi Sorry, I know you don't want to go into it, but what's the metronome like? I don't know. I don't know how does the old sound get recorded. I'm assuming that it, it especially with the metronome, it involves you know once the tempo's set, clicking a button on both the music and the video at a certain time. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it syncs up. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yeah, they they did something similar to that. Yeah, metronome is the thing that keeps time for you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, they would do something like that, and they had to experiment a bunch of times. But later on, they were able to put uh, a magnetic strip like they have on tape on the side of the film. Right. So the it was truly synced. Um, and they figured out how to do that. Disney was a big part of synced audio in all of media. He wasn't uh, – yeah, he, he was quite innovative. With competition on his tail with the sound picture, though, Disney diversified his subjects, though. He started to make musical cartoons called Silly Symphonies at the suggestion of his friend and composer Carl Stalling. 
And he even opens a sound studio in California so he wouldn't need to record in the studio he was doing all this stuff in New York. So he was the first film studio to bring uh, a sound stage to to the lot. Okay. Uh, I got a question. So, I mean, I guess off this first little trip into the rabbit boy, Oswald, like he had yeah. enough money now or did the Jello factory just like, oh, man, we're cranking out Jello, sending it all to Walt Disney so he can open up sound stages and shit. <laughs> Uh, he got a lot of this money from loans, uh, some of it from family, some of it from banks. Okay. Uh, he, he was, he did a good 20 years of kind of hovering that line. All right. King. Yeah, he was poor as hell. Uh, the staff started to grow the studio operation. It was tight. He started figuring it out. He had a distribution deal with, um, Columbia. So he starts thinking, I got to make Mickey bigger than Felix. Wants to take over those Fleischers. Okay, so fortunately, the Fleischers, they were super slow to putting sound to their cartoons. And when they did, they did it really poorly. They didn't put it into the planning. They kind of did everything in post, and it's a wreck. If you watch, like, old Betty Boop cartoons where they introduce sound, there's no, like, they don't attempt to do any lip syncing. Um, There's just characters talking. Popeye is fucking retarded. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like really the old Popeyes are terrible you know, there's, they're talking and there's no mouth movements or fucking whatever there's dialogue there but it just yeah dude I fucking hate it dude someone posted one on Twitter the other day though that was like I was fucking dying at how stupid I forget what it was the guy was even talking about but it was like a Bluto one where the shit they were mumbling was like dude this is asinine it's horrible Yo, let's get back into Walt squeeze back into him with the success of Mickey, Walt's like, I'm going to get the kids involved. And he starts a Mickey Mouse Club. It's like a kid-oriented event session alongside the cartoons, um, giving out branded paraphernalia, anything that they could afford. I don't know what that is. Bits of straw back at this point. Was this, a sh- this was a show or this was just a uh, kind of club? No, it was a club at like the theaters. Or the like the YMCA's and stuff, and you would go as a kid, and the parents loved it because they got like three hours where you're just going to be with other kids, and they can go fuck or you know, right. buy, you know, right. buy a fence, and like <laughs> the kids would just be there, and they would like have these group leaders come out and do like camp counselor activities. Right, was that like was like every Saturday. That was like being part of like the Jacques Cousteau club, where you just once a month you'd get like a empty pack of his cigarettes in the mail. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Collectible. So this hit America at the perfect time. The theaters really wanted these wholesome programs to show entire families, and parents wanted to not be around their kids. Just worked out that way. So it all seemed to be going well, and then one day, Ub Iwerks comes to Roy Disney and goes, can you release me from my contract? Their distribution sales rep, Pat Powers guy who was dealing with everything now, he had signed iWorks away, along with Carl Stalling, the guy who did the Silly Symphony stuff. So Walt's like, fuck, man. Uh, What am I going to do now? My guys are gone. Fucked. (laughs) He is fucked for a bit. He's got some lawsuits and concessions made, but the Disneys were able to shake powers from uh, their, their contracts. So now they have a new deal with Columbia, but it also sucked. So Roy and Walt start start looking for other deals. They find one in uh, UA, United Artists, which I think Charlie Chaplin had a big hand in. 
before he went like rogue commie and they kicked him out of the like this, in England and America. <laughs> this is before they figured out what communist was. Okay. They didn't even know. Hollywood wasn't on their guard yet. All right. They should have watched out more. Oh, yeah. Really. So many of those. So where the hell was I? All right. Mickey's becoming a sensation now. He's everywhere. Disney starts headhunting from the Fleischer studio. Even those, everything started looking up, really. Walt's obsession with the quality of the cartoons begins to haunt him now. Now he starts like, he's always looking for something better. And he's cracking because people don't understand what he's saying, okay? He's like crying a bunch. He's being a bitch ass to his employees. He has a nervous breakdown because people aren't drawn right. Scary stuff. He takes off some time. He does some travel, gets some relaxation. And uh, after this like three week mental breakdown, he's back at it. In the early 30s is when Walt standardized the pencil test for his company, later becoming the industry standard. You know what a pencil test is, right? Mm-hmm. On top of that, Ted Sears, one of the writers and animators, invented the process of storyboarding, another industry standard. So right now, Disney is a proponent of three industry standards, sound, storyboarding, and uh, what the hell was the other one I just wrote? Oh, uh, pencil Pencil test. test. Yeah. Yeah. Are we proto or pre-Snow White currently? We are pre-Snow White. Pre-Snow White. We're coming up on it. But I mean, come on, he's just drawing a stupid-ass mouse with two big ears. I mean, let's be honest. Dude, you're drawing the mouse wrong. His ears are a little bit too big on that one, dog. Can't do that. The animators used to use quarters and nickels to just make Mickey. Like, the reason he's he's mostly circles is because it's easy for the animators to draw. You used a half penny on his ears this time. (laughs) (laughs) This is a washer. I'm sorry, I'm from the Dust Bowl. I don't know the difference. <laughs> Money. Dude, it's weird how there's certain... Well, I get like the... No, that, that, that doesn't make sense. I was going to say it's weird how there's certain things that are easier and that are like standardized for certain artists, but shapes are... that Shapes are easy. Anyone can draw shapes. Yeah. Can't copyright yeah. shapes. I don't know. But, uh, if you ask- this is like in the same vein, but I was talking to... Um, during one of his live streams, I was asking some questions. Are you guys familiar with Doug Tenapple, creator of Earthworm Gym? Yeah. 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 Have you have you noticed how? Because I was curious why all his every main character and every IP he's ever done has the same build. It's the kind of the cylinder head, buff body, twig legs. Right, but like, he, he he had the same response of that was it's so easy for other people to draw that, or that's like such an easier build, I guess, for like his team. But uh, I always find that kind of stuff kind of interesting. Oh, so like when he he would draw, you know, like the hero or whatever, and then it just pass it off to all of his animators and be like pretty much, so much yeah because he's not he's the creator like the concept guy so he does he's not right. actually animating it you know what i mean so his goal right. is to like make something easiest for them to digest but uh total off the beaten trail interrupting uh, again please no no continue. it's uh, it's it's totally on <laughs> on topic with what we're talking about because like disney is creating these standards that a lot of animators and um still use illustrators are using yeah. to this day and the next one is Technicolor. Well, so Roy tried to talk him out of it, but Walt ran up the budget quite a bit by shifting from black and white films to color, which cost the lab fees. The lab fees were four times the amount, and the production fees were 20% more. 
So this is money they didn't have, but Walt was like, we're going to stay ahead. What were you saying, Trav? Well, I was going to say, if I was going to do it, I'd just pick everyone that had the same glove size, and then we would draw, like, hand turkeys. (laughs) And it'd be the story of the hand turkey, right? You know? Yo, hell yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. And then, like, like, for lunch, we'd just make macaroni art and shit. Sell that. That'd be better than any of the fucking Betty Boop garbage I've seen. I'm sure that would be fucking much more interesting. Dude, I'm telling you, fuck Rick and Morty. It's going to be hand turkey men. What size hand do you have, Zach? Baby, little baby baby? size hands, bro. Baby boy hands. Baby boy hands, okay. My girlfriend's hands are like six times my size. It's terrible. (laughs) That's probably kind of cool. You guys like fight and karate chop and it looks fun? Dude, she's brutal. She's brutal. I I literally didn't care about women in trans sports or trans women in female sports until my girlfriend started fighting. Now it's like, you guys have an unfair advantage. Okay, something too too powerful. I don't like it. She fucking pins me in like two seconds. I'm like, you know, this doesn't seem fair. God, if I was a woman. (laughs) You're lucky I'm not a woman. So Technicolor is their own company. Um, they're the well, ones. It's a company. It's yeah, not it's, a technique. No, it's like a trademarked uh, technique that they have. Their their lab. Okay, okay. Yeah, because so, I know it always say now in Technicolor. Yeah, so Technicolor, they they had introduced this. No one was using it really. It was mm-hmm. such an early technology, and feature lengths wouldn't use it because they wouldn't want to run up four times the amount of money. Plus, on, back then. Everyone was afraid of coloreds. You know, the color is, you know, black and white. Yeah. White, white preferably. You know, just keep the cartoons like that. Black and shades. Yes, there we go. It was different. (laughs) You have Technicolor getting on board with Walt, and they were, like, ecstatic on this because he's so forward-thinking, and they're not making any money until he's in the picture. So in 1933, Disney releases The Three Pigs in color. Oh shit! Now this this amazed people. They were like, "Fuck! Look at those pigs. They're all pink." Yeah, I'd never seen a pig in color before. What the hell? Unless we're talking about my ex-wife. <laughs> Holy oh, bloody. Yeah. Oh, I went there. I went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, think about this. You like everything you've seen in the past. You know, you're not. It's 1928. The most advanced thing you've seen is like Buster Keaton. Like, doing an edit. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Dude, I think it's why they thought, because I was almost going to say earlier, how boring was it that, like, when cartoons came around, they're like, we'll make them dance to classical music. This is hilarious. But it's like, <laughs> that was the first time. Yeah. It was like the proto-music video. If you saw that shit, you would have, like, shit your pants. Like, how is this possible? That was yeah. like, like, what yeah. the fuck? If that I never like, saw what? a screen in my life, and then that shit popped up, forget it, man. I'm yeah. Oh, bro. First time I jacked into the metaverse and started jacking off, I was like, I don't even notice that they don't have legs. I, 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 don't, I even don't even care. notice. I don't even I care. I prefer it. Yeah. I have an amputee fetish. I, I think one day maybe we'll have legs. I don't know. I can't even imagine that. I can't fathom it. I didn't realize there was like a, uh, this is slightly related, but until I dated a chick who had one arm, I didn't realize that was like a thing that people were like, ooh, dude, amputee chicks? That is sexy, bro. That is the weirdest fetish to me. Yeah, there is a part of me that almost doesn't believe it because I've heard of that, but I like, there's a part of me that's going, nah, they're just alone. It's fine. 
I felt that way about the feet guys until a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. I mean to bring it's it back weird. to bring it back to the time period we're in, there's plenty of amputees from World War One. I. I mean, you know, heyday of amputee porn. Baby boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or if you had a fetish for terrible plastic surgery that makes you look like a monster, yeah. that would have been popping off. Joan yeah. Rivers. Look no further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Oh baby, I dude, I would have smashed up until final day. There was something about her <laughs> that like sassy rudeness. Ooh. Yeah. I I really like that it. bitch. Um, she like we that was one of the first episodes we did. And, you uh, interviewed her. Yeah, we interviewed her, and yeah. then Michelle we, Obama. We has buried a her later that night. We <laughs> yeah, yeah, dug her up an uh. honor. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, she's a uh, she's a character, man, real character. Oh, for sure. Um, so another thing that really pushed the three little pigs into the spotlight was that song, "Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf." That was originated with Disney too. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah, and they back then they play that shit on the radio. So now you have like ASCAP royalties and stuff coming in. So that was generating money for the Disney's as well. Bro, I can't wait till this drops, bro. Who's afraid of Red Wolf, bro? <laughs> so the success reinforced Walt's kind of controlling nature, making him worse to work with. Uh, there were way more moving parts in the company now, and most every asset Walt needed to approve. He knew what he wanted, and he was terrible at articulating it. And when the staff didn't get it right the first time, he would lose his fucking mind. Sigma male. Proto-sigma. <laughs> Proto-sig? That's, that's, um, that's between, right? That's a between boy? No, I think it's like it's uh, like in Pokemon with branching evolutions. There's the beta, and then the alpha is more like the masculine type energy, and the sigma is more this creative creative masculinity. You can... Um, I was like branching patterns. I kicked an Asian off of this show, so I didn't have to hear shit like that anymore. Shooter? <laughs> I, I didn't shoot him. No, I thought you meant shooter, but uh, the you know the incel rock. Oh I, no, I don't. No. See, I'm I'm, I'm too chat. <laughs> you guys don't know shooter? No. no. He did the song. Um, uh, Scott Pilgrim ruined women. Oh, I have like heard about deal. this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that's guy. who you were referencing. I'm so stupid. My bad. <laughs> I I did see that dude's video. That shit was hilarious. But yeah, no, I was just talking about something else. I I don't. I, I have no you hate tolerance. Asians. For, Continue. Yeah, I, I hate Asians. Either. No tolerance for Pokemon. Excellent. <laughs> that's, I'm that's, a Pokemon fanatic, bro. I'm obsessed. All right. Well, that's you know, it's good. That's there. You know, I've always <laughs> just wanted to put my dick inside of a bellflower or whatever it is. But that's bro, about Vaporeon, it. bro. Yeah, va- vapors. Vaporeon, dog. Guys. <laughs> guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, they can all start a whole side show about this. Come on. So Walt gets really into polo. Oh boy. And Water also, polo or no regular horse polo. polo. Horse polo. Uh, he's oh, in okay. full on horse time. And he's also he also picks up this other hobby of not being friends with anyone. He brought six horses and scouted six uh yeah, brought six horses and scouted a bunch of ringers to play on his team, but he avo- avoided friendship with these fellows at all cost. And that pretty much went for everyone at the studio. He just like didn't like the idea of socializing that much. Steve Steve Jobs-esque. Yeah, definitely got a vibe of that. Walt's experiencing his first dash into celebritydom, if that's a word. Uh, He devised a public version of himself, bashful, humble. A friend quoted him saying, I am not Walt Disney. I do a lot of things Walt Disney would not do. Walt Disney does not smoke. I smoke. Walt Disney does not drink. I drink. 
Later, the company would go so far as to airbrush the cigarettes out of all pictures of him. Really? Yeah. It's pretty funny. There's like all the, he's holding up two fingers in a bunch of photos and just (laughs) kind of strange. He just had a weird tick. Yeah. 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 Hey. That's funny to me though, because I don't, um, I mean, history repeats itself and there's so much garbage we don't even know, but I, I think smoking wasn't really demonized until, you know, the 90s, maybe late 80s. They started coming out with the studies that it was bad for you in the 60s. Uh-huh. So that's but when that's that... bullshit because my doctor told me you know smoke Lucky's uh, it's a happy lung or whatever the fuck I have a great yeah. doctor who tells me to smoke three packs of camels a day so I mean yeah bro you a camel man camel bro I was about to ask earlier bro yeah. camel royals uh crush oh you do crush you like my girlfriend my own I had a chick who was into those so I was like yeah. I gotta <laughs> they remind me of her I can't, I can't those beads remind me of her oh yeah. Walt was, uh, he's a real trip at this point. He's moody, he's ungrateful, he's impulsive, he's petty. The environment he created was kind of cult-like at the studio. All the animators lived in fear of Walt, and they didn't want to be anywhere else. It was kind of like, I love you just enough, but I also fucking hate you, and you could be fired any minute kind of atmosphere. Yeah. So they had like this disciple feel. Uh, And he needed that shit, because he was getting ready to start up the world's first animated full-length feature, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Baby. In 1934, after Roy wrangled the funds, Walt started production with his 500 employees on his freshly built complex on a five-acre lot. Every lead animator working with Disney was basically an alcoholic, and Walt liked it like that because they'd get loose with their lines a little bit. And uh, have a little more fun with the characters. They do some shit. A little ad-libbed. A little more ad-libbed. There's something about, like, you get booze in you, and all of a sudden there's a little more theater. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and it draw. Oh, it goes a long way. Just to get- you talk in funny voices, or you interrupt people trying to read <laughs> Disney history when you're drunk. It's, it's fun. It's sexy. It's cool. It's perfect, really. I mean, uh, don't change it. Uh, you also can't you, you can't change the setting of uh, seven small men and one woman going at it <laughs> yeah. for oh, hours. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> these these animators they would spend a lot of hours on the downtime when they were brainstorming. They would draw a lot of Disney characters fucking fucking like rabbits. So they did some crazy shit, I, and you can't find this stuff. I'm pretty sure it was all destroyed. Someone right. got fired for it in. The 90s, I want to say, but uh, he didn't even draw it. They were just talking about it during lunch, like, and he was doing the voices of the characters fucking, but it got back to, I think this was after Walt was even alive, but it got back to corporate and they instantly fired him. I really hope but, it was uh, like Gilbert yeah. Godfrey, Godfrey doing like Iago or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's Iago Again, I was about to Iago. try it, but yeah. I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't do that. Stick it in my cloaca. Is that actually that's not really his voice though, right? I've heard rumors that that, that that's like it's, part of the It's a character from what I understand, but like I'm okay. pretty sure if he he's done it for so long that if he was to sound like his normal voice, he'd probably be raped and killed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's crazy how talking um I only know about this cuz I have I have a bit of a trans fan base and I listen to them talk, but uh talking at certain Tones or intervals, like if, if you started talking like this all the time, it actually lowers lowers your voice. Or if you talk higher, it actually raises your voice, which is called uh, vocal training. 
you know, some chicks try to do that to make their voice go up. But I'm sure if that's the case and that's not his real voice, I'm sure he's done irreparable damage <laughs> yeah. to like his actual voice. Like I'm sure it's not even anywhere near it right now. My buddy Big Will, he's a death metal vocalist and he's been doing it since he was like 15. He's in his oh, mid 30s bro. now. And his voice is like, I have another podcast called Heavy Hole Podcast, and he's the host of it. He does like everything. I just produced that one. Listen to 30 seconds of that, and you'll hear a voice that like you can hear has been severely altered. <laughs> has he ever had vocal nodes? You know about those? Not that I know of. Okay, I know about them, but I don't think he's had them. I remember all these chicks at camp. I went to this really stupid acting camp, but all the chicks would uh, – it's called like screlting, but it's when you're trying to like belt – but it like fucks up your vocal cords. But dude, we were only like 14. I was there for like three years <laughs> from like 14 to 17. The amount of chicks who got vocal notes and like fucked up their voices for life just for these stupid high school theater fucking productions. Mind blowing. dude. Mind blowing. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, are they quieter now? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of them uh, can't sing anymore. Oh, probably pretty good then for everyone else <laughs> yeah actually everyone's lucky yeah like, this now she's um, a dentist assistant so so wait they were drawing these characters banging but that kind of started a long trip you mentioned that somebody got fired in the 90s but they have all these well like the dick in uh little mermaid's original tape and sex in the sky in in, uh, in lion, lion king, king yeah right like i remember a long time looking into that probably when i was really horny Maybe yeah. like 14, 15, but I didn't find anything. You jack off to the word sex. Oh, yeah. Lion King, yeah. Like, oh, oh, dude, yeah. that is fucking hot. Some guy wrote <laughs> it who probably did it. Dude, it's kind of weird because, um, you know, Snopes used to, in my opinion, be a little more reliable than it is now. Now it's completely bullshit. But I remember as a kid seeing them saying that stuff was fake. But the sex one and the penis one from Little Mermaid to me are both – you can't even argue they're fake. It's real. Yeah, I mean, I've seen yeah, that. I've so seen real. that VHS tape before. Like, I don't know. And that tower yeah. looks like a penis. Yeah. There's nothing else that tower looks like yep. unless it's like, it's clearly a penis. Dude. Yeah. Like, it could be one of the buildings in America. We got a lot of cock buildings here. It's true. And, I like and they them. Look cool. I might sit on them. Yeah. Yeah. They're seats. They've always been they're seats. Ancient alien seats. That's what yeah. those they're dedicated. Yeah. We're studying the wrong stuff. Bro. Yeah. Why don't we talk about Disney? <laughs> uh, Walt was endlessly annoyed during the Snow White production. He hated his staff. His staff hated him. He was micromanaging, changing things at the last minute, and telling the story over and over again to people who were very familiar with it. Well, also, it has nothing to do with the original story of, like, Snow White. Like, it's completely altered. It's Disneyfied. Yeah, and um, that came to mind, too. You know, people love complaining about, like, yeah, the copyright thing that Disney did long after Walt was gone is pretty greasy. And people always go to that argument, like, oh, well, you know, um, look at how Walt Disney started. It was all IPs before this that he gained the rights. Like, he had to buy the rights to most of this shit. Right. Like that it's uh like Snow White is a totally different property from he just used a name basically. Yeah. Right. It's like you can make a, a like the name Snow White shouldn't make your property. Like people who are like, "Oh, Disney fucked me over because I can't use their properties." It's like you never had an idea to begin with if that's like a real complaint <laughs> for you. Yeah. Anyway, 
December 1937, Snow White's release was met with praise from audiences and critics alike. Made plenty of money for the studio, and Walt won an Oscar for it. Not his first, he had been winning them for shorts, and uh, two years later it was the highest grossing film in the States. Walt then started his next feature, Bambi, but uh, he realized it was too difficult to convey the novel into what was is Bambi. Was Bambi a novel? Yeah. In fact, I my, didn't know that. Really? Told from the deer's perspective? My wife just read it, actually, uh, coincidentally, before I even started doing this. And she said, yeah, it's from, like, multiple perspectives. I, I, I didn't ask her too much about it, but there's, like... A lot of weird stuff in there. There was like a scene, uh, a whole chapter about two leaves talking. Two and apparently leaves? Disney wants two leaves, like falling from I heard a tree. The, the Bambi coming of age sex scene is very, right. very strange, that, especially because she has sex with a human. Oh, harrowing. <laughs> is Bambi a guy or a woman? Oh, it's a guy. A woman? It's a prince. It is a prince guy. Of the guy. Okay. And, and also, the, the, is, the that, is, that my, is, that, is that my shit or raisinettes? Exactly. That would be the hardest part of being a deer. It would be. You know, because you always find those raisinets just laying around the woods. Oh, Uh, delicious. I'm running late to a movie. I can really use these. (laughs) He ends up shelving Bambi for a bunch of years because it is a weird story to tackle. Uh, He works on Pinocchio and Fantasia next. There's a lot of technical stuff about those. I can't bore you guys with this. It would be too much. In 1938, Disney's mother died of carbon monoxide poisoning due to a crummy furnace in a house that Walt bought for his parents. Uh, moving forward, bro, this is the con- Kanye shit. This is what, what happened. With, I don't even know anything about Kanye. Oh, dude, I, it's like because I'm, I'm assuming this was such a big deal because um, I feel like you blame yourself after this instance. But Kanye, you know, he gets big and rich, mm-hmm. and uh, his mom always took care of him because a uh, single mother. Okay. And um, he was like, you know, mom, I made it. I'm, I want to start hooking you up. You know, buys her a fancy car, blah, blah, blah. And then says like – he pretty much says he gave his mom a taste for this fancy rich stuff. His mom goes to get a boob implant and the doctor gives her way too much uh, stuff to put you under. Completely kills her. And then uh, he kind of blamed himself then for like giving her a taste of that lifestyle. Okay. But uh, kind of fucked. A thought here. Why is it that a? I'm going to assume this woman is in her 70s. I don't know why she why, got a boob job. Why would a I poor 70 year old woman all of a sudden like not have to eat beans of a can variety and then immediately go to boob job? Oh, yeah. that is a big jump. Yeah. That is a big jump. I feel like the the boobs protect your stomach from getting hit with beans. They slide right off. Boom. You know, like, so she's a very sloppy eater. You don't have eater. to have the toe out. She was a sloppy eater. Yeah, she was, just wanted to get it away from her dress and all this stuff. She had the tits. Beans and tits. Do you think maybe she, like, hated the fact that her son was Kanye West and just slipped the anesthesiologist like 20 bucks <laughs> and was just like, just... Now, I'm a, I'm a Kanye fan, so watch yourself. But, uh, no, dude, maybe. I don't get how fucking... I, I would not be comfortable because he, he would pay... For her to have shit, I don't think he was just sending her thousands and thousands of dollars. But if my mom ever came to me, say Yolo Swag Studios takes off and says, "Zach, I want some fat titties," I'd be like, "Mom, don't talk to me ever again. I don't even want to." In my head, you don't even have breasts. Yeah. Okay, so I don't want the thought of you having big busty jugs. Keep that fucking yeah. thought to yourself. If, if she comes to you for a BBL, maybe you'll think about it. Maybe hey, now I might do the BBL. My girlfriend always gets mad because I'm like always like 
you should get a BBL. And she's like, there's like a 30% chance of death. And I'm like, you should get two. You should get two BBLs. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a, a weird thing if he's paying for that directly. Like, oh, yeah, let me just sign this check. Here's my, or here's right, my visa. Like, Mom tips. Put that in my memo. Write that off. Medical. <laughs> yeah, and here's Walt buying, irresponsibly buying his mom a house. Come on, with the stove? Wait, wait, yeah, right? Like Fool. with heat? Fool. You're, you're in California. You don't need a stove. Yeah, come on. Give her in the taste of like cooking with a stove. She was a Jello woman. She comes from the yeah. she Empire of Jello. She should have the jam. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Foolish. Well, either way, maybe Kanye will do this at some point. Uh, Is what, what's his name dead at this point? Uh, what's his dad's name, Eugene? Uh, Elias. And he's Elias. alive for another few years. He dies okay. a couple years down the line. It's not Were they divorced? They weren't living together? No, they were living or? together. Actually, Elias was in the house when this happened, but um, he was outside of where the yeah. the uh, furnace was. Elias, like, okay. Elias was in the garage with the car running. And <laughs> he actually <laughs> he he did pass out. From the incident, okay. but he was like, close, "Oh, for real?" Yeah, but he was like close enough to the hallway where he was able to breathe fresh air, and she, she got fucked up. That's um, so fucked. And, and this is the beginning of Walt introducing dead moms to pretty much every picture, because it, it, it's like the first uh, real heartache he had. So he begins construction on his 51-acre Burbank studio, containing three separate studios to juggle three features at any given time. It was somewhat of the prototype Silicon Valley company campus with all the perks and amenities on location so employees would not have to leave. If you don't know exactly or roughly, it's fine. But do you know what what age are we at right now? Um, well, we're, Mid, late 20s. We're at 30. No, we're, we're late 30s. Late 30s. Yeah, okay. about 36 around here. Um, Pinocchio's release. Oh, yeah. So now we're skipping ahead a few years because Pinocchio was released from the Burbank studio. That was released uh, in 1940. It didn't help morale. You see, uh, the war had kind of started over there in Europe and all the domestic. Uh, it was only domestic tickets he was able to sell. It was usually he would have everything translated to a bunch of languages to be all over Europe. But he just went south with it. So just Portuguese and Spanish. So. They really relied on the foreign distribution. They didn't get any because Hitler was having too much fun. And um, there's that. So to kind of offset this hit, he took the company public. He really didn't want to do that, but he did. And he compromised. And he uh, kept 500 preferred stock and gave those to his employees instead of the bonuses they were supposed to receive from the makings of Pinocchio. Very smart. Mm. I mean, you got to do it. Jeff Bezos type beat. <laughs> it's all in the stock, man. Dude, I, I have a friend who... Bro, are you drinking Miller Lite? Yes, I am. I'm so jealous, bro. That was like my go-to college <laughs> beer, dude. That or uh, Rolling Rock. Oh, yeah. I just noticed. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rolling God Rock. bless. Yeah. God bless. We are, we uh, Our Instagram, before it became all shadow banned, uh, we would post pictures of us pre-rolling, and we'd always have Miller Lite. Did you guys Lite. get shadow banned? Something like that. Something like, must happen. Yeah, we. Dude, I feel that, bro. Some shit happened to me. I'm on my fucking third and final strike for literally the dumbest reasons, dude. I hate. Well, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, one of our cover arts is literally uh, uh, James Buchanan getting blasted in the face by the Pillsbury Doughboy. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it went hard. Let's go. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much as soon as we posted that one, it went from, you know, we had whatever likes and then it decreased by, yeah. you know, like 80%. Yeah. Bro. Bro. So that's fun. That's that's what side of history we're on. Yeah. The cool side. The cool side. The next feature they started was Dumbo. Now, this was the smoothest of his productions because he was like not there. He didn't want to have anything to do with Dumbo. This is the first of any of his projects where he was kind of busy off somewhere else and he let everyone else handle it. And another thing that made Dumbo really easy is that the animators who worked on Fantasia and all those dancing hippos and elephants, they had just finished that. So Walt was big on having his animators study shit and he was like, this is great. You guys just did this. So just start the next thing. Yo, make an elephant. It's just a basically a, a hippo. And make the crows really racist. Yeah, and, dude. You know, make sure you do that, <laughs> dude. It's funny you say that because I didn't know he had. I didn't know he was involved minimally in that one. And I was gonna say, and to be fair, you know, I haven't seen it in maybe ten years. But Dumbo was always my least favorite of the uh, like OG Disney movies or whatever. It's the most minimal for that time, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's something very like it's the first one where they did uh, watercolor backgrounds. Shout out to Japan. And then... Hell yeah. Like, yeah, the other animators were on it. They took some minimalistic styles on some of it. The writing was really straightforward. That's the biggest emotional roller coaster, that one. Man, I watched it, and I I cried. I am not kidding. No joke, I cried during Baby of Mine. That musical piece, oh, it's so fucking sad. It, it, It just hits, and... It's the only film where Walt did not make a million changes. He only cut one scene from it. Wait, you're cheering up because of the elephant? I'm crying right now, guys. (laughs) It's me. It's me, Jordan Peterson. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about how to dress. Please. (laughs) Dude, I love that. uh, Not even to get too political, but, you know, he cried on that one stream. And all the Pepe and Catholic trad guys were like, Literally, he's like Jesus. He's he wants to help the disgusting left so much. He wants to help them that it made him cry. This is literally like Jesus, and it's like, dude, what? Please get off the internet. Please go watch some. Go do something. Do something. Go go light a bush on fire in the desert. (laughs) Please, anything, dude, anything. Those guys are so smooth, brained. I don't fucking understand. Like, I hate it. Dude, the worst is when like, and this is like fucking me inserting myself into this but the the thing that frustrates me so much is one of these like wannabe macho guys is like tries to call me a huge fag and shit and then it's like i'll see a picture of them and it's like why are you commenting on the manliness of anyone (laughs) it's always like the twinkiest fucking pasty retard i've ever seen but uh I'm not angry about anything. I'm not bitter. <laughs> you can let it out, man. I, you know, I hear whatever, it. whatever. Just think of baby I mean, of mine next time that happens. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Baby of mine. Start oh, crying. God. Yeah, I'm gonna start crying again because you said it again. It's just really hitting me. Uh, to make up for poor box office reviews for Pinocchio and Fantasia, Walt devised a plan to do more live action hybrids. The Fantasia first... didn't get good reviews. So check this out, Fantasia. People didn't like Fantasia because it was insane. Like, they had never seen anything like that. And also, another thing that Walt pioneered with that was surround sound. 
It oh, wasn't shit. called surround sound. Oh, people were probably shitting their pants. <laughs> right. Like looking behind them, like, what the fuck was Is that? The trumpet yeah, that behind me, bro? <laughs> that was the first time it wasn't just one center speaker. He did this whole like thing. I don't it wasn't like a five point one like now, but they recorded it some crazy way and it they only were able to put it in certain theaters because of that. Because huh. theaters had to bring in the sound systems, and the sound systems were like seven grand back in nineteen thirty nine. It was insane. So they they severely limited what they were able to do with that movie. That's one of my favorites. That's also why there's like a shit ton of re-releases of that movie. Fantasia 2000, they added Free Willy into it or some shit. Lisa Frank That's scene. Awesome. Do you remember that? I mean, there's like flamingos yeah, or something, something like in Fantasia yeah. 2000. But there was a couple of re-releases like after that because it was like a, a moving piece. It came out and then they cut sequences and then added other ones. The craziest thing I just recently that I got Disney Plus for free and I watched. That was like the only thing I watched and I deleted it forever. Um, at the begin at the beginning, I don't know how you deleted that. That shit's gold. At, at, at the beginning of Fantasia, it says like this was made at a different time and racial depictions is all because of the mushroom Chinese people in that yeah, one really? scene. Yeah. That's like yeah. the cutest. <laughs> that's like that. You watch that. You like Asian people more. I know. Yeah. What, the f- what are you talking about? They had about? to give a little notice. Like the, the, these mushrooms are not Asian or, and this was a different time. I hate that dude. Yeah. It's so cringe when you yeah. see that yeah. shit. I'll like, take that. I'll dude. I'll take that over and edit. Cause I saw that. I true. just told you guys, I was watching Dumbo and I watched, um, I watched some other film. Song oh, of the Pinocchio. South. Song of the South. Classic. Um, Classic. get into that. Splash Mountain, my favorite. Um, yeah, but like, I prefer the disclaimer. If they have to do something. You do prefer the disclaimer. Well, no, I don't want anything. Personal preference. Rather than cutting alone, it. Just, yeah. yeah, but they cut shit, too. Like, don't cut it. You can tell me, hey, we thought. Oh, you're different. saying you prefer the preface as opposed to them cutting stuff. Yeah, if I had to take one or the other. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 for sure. I just don't like it. The person watching it is not. If they are racist, or if they're not racist, they're not going to like watch that and see a depiction and be like, "Wait a minute, black people and Jewish people, we must exterminate them," according to Bugs Bunny. Like, what did the. F- who is that right. danger? That's like, a very is- large. That, that's a huge discussion <laughs> yeah. to unpack, yeah. especially like everything. Social media is like, oh, er- you can you can be influenced any moment now. You could be walking to school one day and see an advertisement that looks a little racist, and fuck, you are off to the races. So but, stupid. But they, that's what kind of they didn't care back then. They didn't care back then at all, dude. Yeah. At all. There's, there's something about the disclaimer where it says, like, this is wrong now and it was wrong then. Right. And to me, it's like the way it was back then, they brought in specific black actors to work on this project. And I, I'm going to get into this more with Song of the South. Um, bu- 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 studio was in bad financial trouble after all that shit. Uh, Walt went on a firing kick. Most people who asked for a raise got fired. And an employee Ooh. who articulated it was lunchtime during a meeting got fired. Brutal. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Dude, he kind of sounds like a douche. Yeah, guy. right? I like I kind of respected him a little bit, but. No, this is. I thought, I you know, because I heard the Nazi stuff and I was like, this is a good guy. But, uh, you know, what's, <laughs> what's going on here, big guy? What's well, going on? I'm going to say I like, I like this about him because it's your company. You can do as you please. If someone says it's lunchtime and you're not hungry yet, fuck you. <laughs> For sure. Fuck For you. Sure. I'm drawing this hippo. Fuck you. You're going to sit here while I tell the story of Snow White again. Okay? 
Oh, it used to take like three hours to tell the story. Tom, but you just That's... said you you worked for somebody that was like that, and you're like, fuck that. <laughs> no, the difference between this and that is that the guy I worked for, for was doing anime dubs. All this hostility taking place at the studio, you got to find yourself with a few angry workers. That means strike. 1941, there was a five-week strike at Disney for the sake of his sanity. Roy and the, Roy and the other administrators, they figured it out while Walt went away because he just couldn't deal with the shit. Um, I, I'm not going to... There's a lot of detail on this. There's like a Wikipedia page all about this strike. It was a huge thing in Hollywood. Dude, it's so crazy hearing this because I never... I never knew he was kind of a dick. I never knew he had issues with this type of stuff. Oh, it's a control freak, man. Yeah. Just is. Dude, um, it's hard to draw Donald Duck and Gooby. I'm just saying. It's tough, man. <laughs> you got to know. You got to know that Go Goofy has this size nose. It looks like a hoagie, right? I fucking love Goofy. He's my yeah. favorite. He's fun. Actually, one of the Goofy guys, uh, he was on the Team Goofy. Uh, Art Babbitt. He was one of the uh, dudes who led the strike. He was one of the higher paid animators who was speaking up for the little guys. So, you know. What was their main gripe? They weren't being paid enough or how they were treated? Both, really. There were some animators Both, okay. who were paid fine, but a lot of the lower level guys, like they wouldn't get bumps up and just all kinds it's of It's so fucked to me that, you know, it's back then, but also it's current time. Animating is so fucking hard. Like, I get that, like, it's it's a fun profession. You get to draw cartoons. But it's like, dude, you freaking, for one dude's job, you have to draw, like, 800 frames a day. Like, yeah. single differing, differentiating pictures. Like, it's insane to me they're paid so low, even today. Like, yeah. well, it's mind-blowing. It's kind of a mixture of there's too many people who want to do it. Right. So right. you can take advantage of that. And then there is a limit on animation budgets like they have to compete with other films and stuff like that's always mm -hmm. been the way it is um animation isn't practical at all by any means like that's why walt disney was so successful because he did it for the art end of it like not to sound cliche but he was so not concerned with the money that no other studio would take on the risks that he was right doing. long before reality tv which really revolutionized Art. Right. The greatest. And Dude, to me, it's it comes down to like – because at the beginning when he met his success and started to like pop off – correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a, it was like him and a few, few other guys, very small studio. Oh, yeah. Like compact. I feel like this type of shit always is like – this is such a big discussion for another time, but I feel like things are always so ruined when you expand. Oh, yeah. I feel like, and I feel like budgets for animation could be kept cheap and have be drawn very well if you had a team of like five to ten people. Like I, I feel like this type of shit is so stupid when you have like two hundred animators. Like you don't need that many. Well, a big part of the problem was that Walt Disney threw so much shit away. Like they would draw scenes and he would discard it, or it um, wouldn't be good enough, right? He he also would do a process where it was the pencil test and then the drawing on top of the pencil test and then that would be sent to a cleanup artist who did a, a resketch that made perfect lines and then that would go to the inkers and those people are all those people in line are all considered animators right mm. so it's uh it, it gets thick I mean but back to striking so Waltz he reacted to the strike in a political faction fashion turning from a loose fitting Democrat to a staunch Republican pretty much. 
1940, 41, just overnight. And those people who were on strike, they were clearly communists. Of course. Walt showed pictures of the striking employees to the FBI because Walt Disney, he was cool. <laughs> In fact, wait, was Disney he showing? He's probably showing uh, images to Roy Cohn, you know, while Roy was just. Yeah. <laughs> just like that, Mr. Disney. Yeah, just like that. Now, let me see your mouse. <laughs> Call me Minnie. Disney was, uh, he, he was a regular informant for the FBI from this point on, ratting on any employee he thought was a communist and sending names of prospective employees to clear them of communist activity. That's so gay. Just fire them, dude, if you think they're <laughs> fucking commies or whatever the fuck. Just uh, fire them, bro. What the fuck? You need probable cause, though, because th this did backfire where he, he fired someone and he had to rehire Art Babbitt, the, guy, the goofy guy. He had to rehire him because he took him to court. And uh, Disney's explanation was that he wasn't progressive enough of an animator. And it turns out that when he went to court, they brought a bunch of animators to be character witnesses. And they all said he's like the best in the game. All right. He just so he just the, was the guy that had the large inflatable rat during the union strike that they, they put outside <laughs> the studio. Easy target. Yeah. Easy. Um, he just claimed communism was damn un-American. And he had a... Uh, he had like this attitude where he did testify during some of the McCarthy trials, but he took this really safe way of playing it, saying that communism is un-American, but he doesn't think he has the authority to say whether it should be illegal or not. Okay. So that can never bite him in the ass. Um, Disney was not politically informed at all by any means. Uh, he used his position on, on politics to just get rid of employees he didn't like. Well, they also well, didn't you, they didn't he also do a whole bunch of propaganda and shit like with uh, Donald Duck? You know, there's that one cartoon where Donald Duck is Hitler oh, or yeah. something, or, fighting the Nazis, or fighting the right? Nazis. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. That comes up in a little bit. Um, Walt used to tell the story. <laughs> check this out. He used to tell stories about why he hated communists, Democrats, and socialists so much is because when he was young, a group of bullies whose parents, who all happened to be socialists, poured hot tar on his scrotum <laughs> <laughs> Woo! some people pay for that dude i was gonna say amazing <laughs> atheist i think there's a video of him doing that <laughs> totally unprompted uh, yeah well he's probably one of those uh either a communist <laughs> socialist or democrat uh, obviously roy had wrecking <laughs> roy had reconfigured the studio to have more of bank america's influence involved so they were able to access money easily they're basically in bed with bank of america um on top of that they had the shareholders and the bank instated um all these rules these boards uh, well a board that would make rules that would disapprove of smaller aspects of production he lost a lot of control of his company the production schedule pretty much uh it went from nine features for the next two years down to four so it's i don't know he's he's pissed off dumbo comes out in 41 to rave reviews pulls in nicely at the box office this is actually the film that is considered to save disney while they're going through some shit and then uh right after dumbo's released another airplane comes by and bombs pearl harbor oh god those, bless. those damn mushrooms from fantasia <laughs> yeah they did it it's obviously them 
They basically uh, became the military's production studio. See, Disney used his characters to spread anti-Nazi, anti-Japan, pro-war, pro-tax, and bond-buying shorts. Uh, because, I don't know, the military was asking because he was cooperating with all the anti-communist stuff. Hey, you want to get in on this? And he did. Uh, those contracts sucked, by the way. He didn't make any money while doing them. In fact, he lost money because he didn't read some of the contracts and he would have to finish a few of the shorts um, with his this own. This seems money. to be a reoccurring theme yeah. Yeah. that he just would not read any of the contracts. He's real dumb that way. Yeah. Um, Bro, what was up with Japanese racism? Because even in Disney cartoons, it's like the Japanese are these buck-toothed, retarded people. And it's like... I was just thinking about that, too. I was thinking, like, the Germans aren't even so, like, bad. Like, they're just, like, these yeah. evil, like, cool people. And then the Asians are like, hello, I'm retarded. Yeah. It's like, dude, what? Have you met an Asian person? And now, now it's stereotypical that they're too smart. It's like, what? Happened? Well, I also feel like more What's white people on? are bucktooth than Asian people. Like, well, the last I haven't seen one bucktooth Asian person. Asian person. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen one. Yeah. Same. They all they all seem to have regular teeth, perfect for rice. That's how yes. it is. <laughs> Good teeth on them. So after four years, the war effort cleared up, and Walt was able to get back to work. In order to streamline production, Walt took the position of chairman of the board and hired a bunch of GMs to oversee the day-to-day -day shit that he used to obsess with. He got tired during the war thing. Uh, iWorks actually returned, and he, uh, he developed some new camera technologies for them. That was cool. A lot of those panning shots they did, that was all on just giant sh like towers of glass they would, they would have to do. If you rewatch Disney movies now, knowing that each layer is on like a moving piece of glass, that's... I don't know, a tower that's like eight feet tall. That's crazy. Glass every foot. It's nuts. Um, while they were busy making war movies, Warner Brothers had really upped their game the past few years, making quite the competition. So Warner had stocked a bunch of ex-Disney animators, and word on the street was that it was a fun place to work. So very different uh, dynamics between the strike and the war. Just kind of... Fucked up all Disney studios. Okay. Racism and anti-Semitism. Let's cover these things. Oh, yeah. The good stuff. Fun. The good stuff. Walt started working on Song of the South. Lots of people calling Walt Disney a racist. Especially, uh, especially with that one as a reference. Turns out he's not a racist. Okay, He spent a lot of time and effort trying to tell the story of Uncle Remus in the least offensive way possible. Truly, he did lots of research and did market study with the double, uh, the NAACP and other black American sample groups. And um, this is what he came up with. Song of the South is product of the times. One criticism that happened when he was putting it out was that the script had been written and then sent to American, uh, African-American professors and scholars for notes instead of hiring them to write it. What do you mean? That's the dumbest but like I mean the tar baby though. Uh well we'll see. You know, it's product of the times. <laughs> I just what, what, I, what I just think is funny is they, they, they tried to kill that movie so hard in like what the early nineties, late eighties. Oh but yeah. it's the ride for Splash Mountain. Like everyone like and they still show little Briar Rabbit or whatever in the pictures. It's like you can't buy you can't find that movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Only people Splash Mountain. Yay, Tar Babies. <laughs> you could I they did a re release in Japan because all of Japan hates black people. That's pretty well known. Um 
it's kind of like a pastime for them. Um, but they did a re-release of it. You can find it. It's like a DVD, but it's pretty, pretty buried. Yeah. Um, only DVD made. So there's one newspaper that tried to attack the film for its racial insensitivity. Turns out the person behind the attack was an actor named Paul Robeson, who Walt had been in contact with about the role for some time. But Robeson, turns out, was a communist, so wasn't able to hire him. Whew. Walt cast James Basket, who, in Walt's words, was the best actor, I believe, to be discovered in years. People haven't changed, okay? Some protests popped up about the film, but it was fine at the time. It just, it was, I mean, it, it, it's not viciously racist. It's just not. It's like, is it comical and insensitive? It's fun, fun racism. Fun racism, yes, exactly. <laughs> fun racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and he also like this, this kind of wore on Walt a lot because he, he genuinely wasn't racist and he was also trying to not have that invade his image at all. So he, it like aged him a lot. Right. He's age 44 well, I, now and he's looking real old and the past 20 years he's ripping, uh, unfiltered cigarettes, chain style, just slapping them back. So he's, uh, he's getting older quick. But he's not though, because they're photoshopping it out of oh, exactly, Frodo right. photoshopping it out of his hand. Yeah, it saves the lungs. Yeah. Is did you just say Frodo shopping? Is that where you make people smile? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was at proto photo, proto photo shopping. That makes sense because he disappears when he's got the ring. There's yeah. something there. Yeah. Oh yeah, there. we'll work on that. I like this. Now, if you replace the ring with a sexual lady, uh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Disappear. <laughs> so his he was frail and his teeth hurt all the time and he's feeling down because of all the people calling him racist and his animations um they used to be they used to put him in circles with intellectuals because they were art and now after the war war movies he wasn't in the artistic circle anymore uh which was a shame he he couldn't be with those socialites okay um we're backtracking a bit story timeline to cover why Walt Disney is called a Nazi all the time. The reason Walt is called a Nazi, like it's, I feel like people have to bring that up at parties. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. uh, So he was such a Nazi hated Jews. So Walt invited Lainey Reifenstahl to visit the studio during the shooting of Fantasia in December, 1938. Reifenstahl worked for Adolf Hitler, creating the Nazi propaganda film Triumph of the Will. Here's some key points to consider. The war was 10 months away from happening. Time magazine had just featured Hitler as person of the year. Lenny Reifenstahl was doing a publicity tour to seek commercial releases for her films in the States, visiting virtually every studio. Before she stopped at Disney Studio, she spent, the, spent time with Louis B. Mayer. Uh, he's Hollywood's biggest Jew. On record, the person most vocal about Walt's anti-Semitism was Art Babbitt, claiming to have seen Walt at a pro-Nazi rally that he himself was only curious enough to attend. Bullshit. Dude, I wasn't, I was kind of there, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess I was there, but I saw him there, too. <laughs> well, I was just I there, was there to jump. make sure he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. I was just checking. I just want to yeah. see how big my muscles should be, because I'm about to punch a bunch of Nazis. Right, boys? Yep. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Now, I, now I'm on CNN, and everything's good. They, they figured out this new stretch, though. You kind of stick your arm out front, and it's really cool. 
So uh, some other points to consider is that Disney Studio was one of the only non-Jewish studios in Hollywood. Lainey Reifenstahl was a Nazi through and through. She was proud, but Walt never even heard of her before that week. Um, basically, her re representative solicited the invite for her. Many of Walt's employees were Jewish. Even the ones who hated working for him wouldn't call him anti-Semitic. Walt later disavowed the whole visit. Walt wasn't a Nazi. He just wasn't. Which I think should be the new party trick. Like not a Nazi? Yeah, like bring that up if you're looking for conversation. Hey, did you know that Walt Dizzy, Disney was no Nazi? I don't know. I feel like the left is going to turn that into dog whistling and like, oh, you really think that? That means you're a Nazi. Okay. Yeah. You're the Nazi then. I got But start guess that. what? The third coat rack in Epcot. That's his cock. Walt's penis. <laughs> callback. Good callback. He was unapologetically conservative. The remarks of his rumor really hurt Walt. Um, he donated to a bunch of Jewish charities to kind of clear himself of the accusation, but it never went away. He knew about it. Um, one of Disney's higher-up directors, Ben Sharpstein... Uh, who you'll see labeled uh, as a produ production director on a lot of these features. Now, this guy was a raging anti-Semite. His name is Sharp. His name is Sharpstein, and he's an anti-Semite. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on there? Uh, I, Sharpstein. S T E E N. So you would think he was Jewish, but he's not, and he hates uh, Jews. This guy like just openly hated Jews, and any opportunity just made a Jew joke. Uh, he any Jew that interviewed with him. Of course he wouldn't hire them um and he he was like number three or four at the studio like he was in bed with him hard so look what are you gonna do you have you have an anti-semite who's really good at animating what are you gonna do fire him hmm? <laughs> <laughs> okay we go through the rest of this <laughs> All right. Uh, he escapes animation for a bit. And um, there was this, after the war, there was a tariff on American films instituted by Britain. So he produced his first full live action film, Treasure Island, in the UK. Uh, so he was able to get around this tariff. That was good. Walt and Roy were able to relax. They had money coming in. Um, he was spending a lot more time with his family, his two daughters, Diane, and the adopted one, Sharon. Uh, taking a lot of time away from the studio. And he was taking trips, and specifically trips on trains. Now, Walt Disney's autism kicks in, and his obsession with trains. Sky oh, he's a choo-choo man? He's a choo-choo Oh, my man. God. Those are the best people. Like They get so excited when the train comes by. Like, that's a WB57 uh, South Pacific right there. You see that? You see oh, that? I wish I beauty. had that knowledge, bro. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. And then they got the little toy set in the fucking basement. Oh, choo-choo people. I like where they, there's always like that, like, where are you coming from attitude? Where's the next stop? I came <laughs> in from Topeka, Kansas. Wow, Mommy just came in from Topeka. Two men. <laughs> just asking that conductor on the train way too many questions, and he's like, I don't know. I just fucking I, drive the I just know. work here, dude. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so um, he starts putting together model trains, starts inquiring about possibly buying a mini train for himself, and he does. He builds a new house with property big enough to lay some track. He starts building his own small-scale train studio in 
in the machine shop in Disney. He liked learning. He liked being the beginner this time around because he was the expert for so many years. The employees and other industry people took notice of how little Walt cared about his movies all of a sudden, and he was just into trains. In 1952, Walt got this idea to start modeling a village, uh, a tiny one, and enlisted one of his artists to do all the concept art. As the project slowly grew, he got a few more artists in, a few machinists brought in. He referred to the project as Disneylandia. It was intended to be a touring show of moving miniatures to be installed in train cars and department stores. The project was on display once in SoCal. Didn't make it anywhere else, but this is the beginning of Disneyland for Walt. Dude, now it's Marvel Land. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, did they add? Have they already added fucking Marvel shit to their fucking I, stuff? I think so. Uh, yeah, Gosh. I think so. so Dude, I've never been to Disney World. I'm so embarrassed. Or Land. Either, uh, I I honestly I want to go after reading about it. Like I I went to Disney World when I was younger. It was fine, but like after reading about this, I'm not going to get into the crazy shit because we don't have all night. But the amount of research that went into Disneyland is fucking insane. I love reading about all the. To me, it's the deaths <laughs> and all the like crazy yeah. shit that I'm like. Ooh. Very nice. Yeah, no, that stuff's fun too. You know, architecture, people falling off architecture. Exactly. Yeah, Tom, are you going to become an adult Disney after this? Um, you can kill me if I, because <laughs> I'm on a slope right now. I don't know how slippery okay. it is, but man, do I have a minivan looking for some Disney bumper stickers? You know, what I'm saying? you know close. what the I the one research note that I have about Disney is you know the have you heard of the uh, Golden Oak Realty Realty? No, tell me. So it, it's houses that you can buy in Disney World. Oh, um, they just opened this, right? I think they opened it a few years ago, and they're yeah, like millions yeah. and millions of dollars. And like, apparently, it was one of Walt Disney's dreams was to open up a like a village, like you're saying, like a village. But they finally did it like ten years ago, and. Yeah, and like all of the decor is like fucking Mickey Mouse and fucking Woody. Ugh. It's all trash, garbage. God, people retiring yeah. into hell for fun. Dude, they're not even retiring. These are like people in their fucking like early 40s. That's what Epcot was supposed to be. Oh, okay. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like a livable place? Yeah. Epcot, oh. at, when Walt proposed it and had uh, all the original drawings done up, it was supposed to be 20,000 residents there. Damn. Yeah. What is it, Epcot? As someone who's not been there, Epcot's like a multinational food eating place. Well, yeah, that's what it turned into. It's uh, okay. It was supposed to be like the land. It was supposed to be like the world of the future kind of thing, where they um, they wanted to bring in companies to show like the craziest shit they could do. So like bring in GE and Con Ed to do all these like, women with huge cocks. Yes, you know, just the uh, world of the future. World yes. of the future. Yeah, double D Cox, man. Just like not every baby. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro hung women. <laughs> Who is it? Walt ignored the studio and got to work on the park. Lots of details. Can't get into it. The park re-energized Walt, though. And at Roy's requ request, Walt sold his own name to the company to further protect any intellectual property. This has nothing to do with the controversial copyright acts that they, they helped push along. But... Walt incorporated as W.E.D., under which he developed the parks. Um, the way Walt was able to fund the parks outside of Roy's control was through TV. Though all of his dealings with distributors 
uh, had been the, all of his dealings with distributors had been solely for movies. So Walt held on to Div- Disney's TV rights exclusively. Walt was one of the few people in the movie industry that wanted to adapt the format. Roy's 1953 was spent in sponsors meetings getting TV contracts for Walt. They eventually sign up with ABC. They do this thing called Disneyland, which is like half promotional, half original bits, and then half uh, cut-togethers. They even did a bit, a three-part series called Davy Crockett. You guys remember that Davy Crockett song, King of the Wild Frontier? All that yeah. Davy Crockett or yeah. whatever. So yeah. apparently that was part of Dis- Disneyland, the show, and it popped off, and it earned them a shit ton of money. And they had no idea. They just did a like one-off kind of feature, cut it up, and called it a day. Yeah, that's funny, because I remember getting a Wonder Ball with a Hercules toy on it, and I almost choked on it. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Could have gotten some Disney money if yeah. you uh, yeah, almost got, survived. Almost yeah. choked on fucking Danny DeVito gargoyle or whatever he was <laughs> on the movie. It was the Seder. Yeah, yeah, the Seder. Or goat man, yes. <laughs> July 17th, 1955, after a nightmare of a union strike holds up the various constructions and stymies, and after $17.5 million is dumped into the creating of uh, Disney University to train the staff up, Disneyland opens. And it was great. Everyone loved it. It was kind of a mess at first, but it cleaned up. Changes were made, and it's still there today. You can go if you want. Um, Disney kind of pulled a, a Cartman before it opened, where he'd ride all the rides and scream like a kid. <laughs> so you can just imagine that. You know, fifty-year-old man having yeah, a blast r- riding on the uh, roller coaster like this because he can't have uh, his cigarette <laughs> yeah. in his hand. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, the opening day was broadcast on ABC, and the broadcast itself was disastrous. They just fucked up everything, and it was like mayhem. It was like Cloverfield. Um, there was like the fr- the asphalt was all like too fresh, so every woman wearing high heels just like lost their shoes, sunk inside. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino was born that day. Ooh, baby. Whip those <laughs> Check out those feet. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Walt was pretty happy with it, though. All things considered, he spent a lot of time there examining, taking notes, checking for quality. There was an apartment there. You can probably visit it now. Um, and his temper at the studio was just ultimately, like, violent because he never wanted to be there anymore. He had a new baby. And it was just like, I don't, f- don't want to make a fucking movie. I got roller coasters to do. Yeah. A roller coaster is a fast train. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, it's perfect. Walt nitpicked the writer's scripts, and then when revisions were submitted, Walt would say it was all wrong, then dictate the original script, and anyone who pointed it out would be fired. So he was just fucking with people. The studio was producing garbage now. The shorts were basically phased out, and Walt didn't give a shit about any of the features. Cartoons changed a lot between the rise of TV and the Disney strike. Um, Stuff about UAP, Mr. Magoo. We don't need to know about that, but Mr. Magoo got on his nerves for a bit. Um, That's one of my my mom's favorites. Mr. Magoo Christmas special? Good God, that is terrible. (laughs) Everything UAP, which is that company that made did awful. Awful. By 1957, none of that shit mattered. Uh, Disney was pulling in $75 million, uh, thanks to the park, and for the first time, Disney's debt was outweighed by their coffers. 
Disney's planning of the park did not go unnoticed by other corporations, and many of them reached out to WED about contracting to help design their displays and pavilions for the 1964 World Fair in New York. Oh, shit. So he gets in bed with Robert Moses, and now he's doing shit with, like, one of the worst people in infrastructure history. I can't fucking get into it all. Yeah, Zach, uh, Robert Moses is a local guy on Long Island who basically designed the parkways so black people couldn't take buses out there. Like, they made, he made the bridges too short. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. Powerful. Yeah, and then he ran, like, the BQE and one other. He was just like, he was basically like, does a black family live in that house? Yes. Okay, run a pipe through it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a in, in a, he was the Steve Jobs of his time. <laughs> he kind of was, innovation. though. It was very weird. Yeah. <laughs> in 1961, Walt actually um, moved ahead with establishing the California Institute of Arts in Santa Clarita. He made a college. Do you guys know that? I had no idea. I had no, no. idea. I mean, yeah. Yoko Ono has one, too. Does she? Yeah, yeah. Five Towns College on Long what Island. The fuck? <laughs> That one we could do a little, uh, a little Pearl Harbor revenge might be good on that. <laughs> I concur. So uh, look, he does the World's Fair stuff. Mary Poppins comes out. Everything's gravy. Now he's like, how am I going to outdo Disneyland's? So he starts scouting land on the East Coast for a new park, a bigger one with the concept of the city of tomorrow. Real estate agents start buying up property in the swamp areas around Orlando. Uh, all anonymously, because if he had, if he had said, "Hey, the Disney Corp is going to buy this," they would jack the prices up on this bullshit land. Uh, Disney's plan was to create a community around the park. We just talked about this. So Epcot, Epcot was the community that you were just talking about, Travis. Like right. he wanted to move people in and do like these moving experiments and just make the like ultra clean living place and it sounds good on paper but it's probably hell it's creepy it's Which like it's 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 bioshock you know like that's <laughs> but this is why i like walt because if i had my say i would put lots of people in these places oh yeah anyone any boomer oh, yeah. who who i saw on the road driving in a way i did not like the fashion of i'm moving there <laughs> Yeah. That's well, that is, that's Florida, dude. That's just straight up hard. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> now, he was drinking more regularly, 5 p.m. pretty much every day was scotch time. And his chain smoking of unfiltered cigarettes had persisted since his 20s. He was in bad shape, guys. All right. Lots of little ailments. Uh, a cracked vertebrae in his neck that he sustained in a polo injury years before was now calcifying, pinching his nerves endlessly. His body was given up. November of 66, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. After the diagnosis, he spent a little time in the Burbank studio, screening his final feature, The Happiest Millionaire, probably never, crying like a bitch. I never heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone does. It, it's a live feature. Um, uh, okay. He assured most Water of his bitch. staff that he was going to, he was on the road to recovery and he'd be back any time now, um, while giving these weird cryptic final goodbyes to the people that he was close with November 25th. He was taken to St. Joseph's hospital and, uh, on December 15th, 1966, 10 days after his 65th birthday, he died of a circulatory circulatory collapse. December 14th. He sucked his own dick. 
that's awesome. That's what happens. Like that's like seeing Kid. seeing the light, right? Like you, you hit it uh, last day. I love making up history, but one thing I won't stand for is made up history. He got cremated the next day. Did he? Yeah. Dude, I thought he got fucking frozen. Everyone still thinks that. Oh, my God. That's unreal. Yeah, it was like some Mexican tabloid paper that wrote about it, and it just spread like wildfire. Really? Yeah. So there's no truth to that? Nothing. Huh. I didn't know that. Did he was, was he interested in the science of yes, cryogenics? absolutely, because he liked he all, was. The, okay. all the science okay. stuff. Yeah. But what I said before is not made up history. His penis is definitely a, a coat hanger. Oh, yeah. So 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they took that hard uh, penis, you know, of the, uh, yeah. what, what do they call it? The uh, taxidermy. Those for cocks. Coxidermy. We're going to go with it because it's not yeah. worth backtracking. Yeah. Um, taxidermy <laughs> cock. Hang your coat on it. He was cremated, oh, two days later, and his ashes were interred in the Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. Roy took over Disney World's executive responsibilities, and uh, it was opened October 1st, 1971, two months before Roy's death. Uh, Roy got a, he did away with all the we're living in the park now. He was like, it's just a place where people can buy hot dogs, and there's a golf ball. <laughs> Roy was That's cryogenically it. frozen and is going to be reincarnated. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's it. That's the history um, in a condensed fashion. By the way, the book I read, uh, The Triumph of the American Imagination by Neil Gabler, it's 912 pages long. This is the most condensed version of anything I've ever done before. God, I just love Disney so much. I love we got, him. We got an adult Disney on our hand. Or, or yep. boy, it's born. He's going he's gonna to show up. He's going to have like... Like it's a wonderful, or like the the Jiminy Cricket song, like in fucking notes and like stars and shit. When you wish upon a star, yeah, yeah whatever, that's a yeah. really beautiful song. Yeah, um, it just make that one make you cry too? Yeah, almost. Almost. Actually, yes, not almost. <laughs> I'm crying. Do you have kids? Do I have kids? No, I don't have kids. Okay, okay. See, prime adult Disney. I was gonna say, I feel like that would play into it a little bit, but dude, I get, I I used to get emotional over stuff like that. Watch Dumbo. Oh, rewatch it. It's been a while. Yeah, watch it. God, it hurts so much. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm gonna eat circus peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, here we are. I, I have one more tidbit. I don't know if you guys want to go over this. This is a little off topic, but I wrote down all the names, the suggested dwarf names that he wanted to use for the seven dwarfs. Oh yeah. Tell me there was a, a horny. <laughs> there. Well, we have Scrappy, Cranky, Dirty. Awful, blabby, <laughs> silly, daffy, jaunty, bigo, igo, chesty, <laughs> bumpy, baldy, hickey, gabby, shorty, nifty, wheezy, sniffy, burpy, lazy, puffy, dizzy, stuffy, and tubby. <laughs> How come all the the ending in Y and then there was just awful? Awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was, is up with that? I don't know. It's good. I, you should have just made more dwarfs, really. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. come on, get awful in there. And Tubby. Well, it, was tubby. it was originally, it was always going to be seven dwarfs, right? They weren't going to be no. 20. No. Well, it's the original book, I don't think, had dwarfs in it at all. For real? Yeah. Oh, okay. Something else. Like, yeah, I, it was entirely their, their thing. What's up, Trev? I, I think there was dwarves. 
But there's something about how, like, literally, like, I think the dwarves, like, chopped up the ants or something in the woods. <laughs> like, it's fucking dark. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. No, Tom, thanks for bringing in Disney. Very interesting. And, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Bro, um, hell yeah. Yeah, before you plug your shit, I got a question for all of us. What's your favorite Disney movie? Hmm. I think for me, I'd have to say Aladdin. Aladdin? There's a mix of, like, I like the music. And then also the characters are all really fun. Robin Williams, classic dude. I, I love Robin Williams. Hey man, but, yeah. uh, Rest in peace. Yeah, I'd have to say Aladdin. It's Tom, good. Dumbo. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Dumbo now. I'm going to rewatch the rest of them. Might might have one that outranks, but Dumbo's the shit. Dude, uh, I don't even think it's Disney. Brave Little Toaster. It's like, not Disney at all. I don't think that is Disney. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. I don't think I've ever seen that, but it's so highly regarded. Dude, just watch it. It's about a toaster, and he's brave as shit. And he's, he's little. Yeah, he's, he's little. Also. Yeah, 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 he hangs out with a blanket and a fucking light or some shit. It's cool. I got to check it out. But yeah, Let Zach- me ask you guys. Do you think... Um, because Disney recently, not even recently, but I don't, I can't even remember the last 2D project they did. Maybe Princess and the Frog. That was the last one. They're like done with do, it now. Do you think they should have a separate studio still producing 2D, or do you think it's it's pointless doing 2D? There's too many smooth brains out there. Like 2D is rough to pass for mm-hmm. for kids. Like kids are desensitized past that. Uh, I'm talking from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um. I like 2D animation. Like me I, too. I prefer. Me too. It, oh, I prefer it. Like a million percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they should absolutely. Do you, do you seriously don't think kids would be cool with it though? You 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 think they more prefer the 3D type stuff? I think so. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, or or it just has to be like a really specific. I don't know. I I, I never heard any rave reviews of the Princess and the Frog. Yeah, I remember there was something. I think it had like a really bad opening even. But uh I've heard people recently say that it's one of the most slept on Disney movies. I've never seen it myself personally, but I have heard a big push of like you know, almost how Fantasia was when it first came out. Like I you know, you were saying people didn't really like it, but I know it's popular now. Right. But um I'm sure that played into it though, if that was their last two D one and it was not really well received. Oh yeah. I mean the features never really after a point the features didn't make any money oh they were steadily going they were they were always down going now. down because they were always more cost they like they always cost more and more like every year it just cost more and more to do like bringing on animators they they eventually got rid of the cleanup artist uh with the jungle book like and then when they moved from the jungle book through like a bunch of other ones if you watch those films they're way scratchier looking they go closer to a pencil mm. test. Dude, I'm glad you brought up Jungle Book because I did want to say my favorite Walt Disney story. I'm pretty sure this is verified, but uh, a few of the animators said one day he came in during – and I, I'm 99% sure it's Jungle Book. but um, And I haven't seen that for a while, but I know there's like a young girl in it. Yeah, that I think played, at the end. You know, right? it's the love interest. Yeah, it was like Mowgli's little yeah. – Yeah. Yeah, there's that young chick. Yeah. But uh, allegedly he came in saw the pencil work they're doing on the chick and said something to the extent of like, she's incredibly sexy <laughs> or something. And that is just so funny to me. And apparently they all felt very uncomfortable. No one said anything. And he literally just came in the room, said that, and then left. Allegedly. 
I mean, but to me, that's so funny picturing that dude. <laughs> it's like, what a sexy little girl. And then just leaving with his unfiltered cigarette. Like, what the oh, what's going Jesus. on, Walt? What's going on, big guy? He was losing his mind at that time. That was the last animated feature that was being worked on at the studio before he died. Oh, so, really? Yeah. yeah. So oh, probably one of his last words, talking about a little girl. Yeah, incredibly yeah, sexy young woman. explains it. <laughs> She's actually a 7,000-year-old puma spirit. No, no one knows that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, Zach, so definitely uh, let our listeners know where oh, they can find you. Oh, you're a fresh-ass cat, dude. I didn't even just fucking... I just noticed him in the background. Oh, my boy back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what, a, what a fucking stud. He's just chilling. Very handsome. Um, you can find me on Twitter or... Instagram on Twitter, it's Yola Swag Studios. On Instagram, someone took my account and posts pictures of a black penis. I don't know how they've never gotten banned yet, but they took Yola Swag Studios. But there's Yolo underscore swag underscore studios, and there's zero black penis posted on that one. But uh, I am trying to branch into that market, so I may I may be working on some stuff. Yeah, contact that person. To that. See if you can borrow that exactly. penis. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, my own personal great, song man. of the South uh, creation. <laughs> I'm trying to bring to life. Look, just slap a reed on the end of it. Start playing away. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate it. Um, seriously, check out Yolo Swag Studio. Your yeah, comic, thank you guys your, your comics for having are great, me on. Man. I really like your comics. They're fucking hysterical. I get good belly laughs. Yeah. Um, oh, hell yeah. I love that, bro. I, I appreciate that a lot. That's uh, my purpose in life. I jester. Excellent. make people chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, and uh, if you want to know our purpose in life, it's to collect your money. That's patreon.com slash rosemortemcast. Give us your money. That's it, right? Travis, yeah, did I, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. We're going to be opening up a theme theme park, the Rose Mortem Park. It's just a, Yo, I, yeah. I've been buying up as much swamp in uh, Louisiana that I can. We're going to... Hey, no buck-toothed Asians allowed. Okay, we're, we're bringing back a little bit of that Walt Disney racism. They made the park so magical. Love it. All right. Good night. <laughs>